Hey guys. Yeah. Yes. Y'all, uh, y'all know that great old saying from down Mesopotamia ways, right? No. Not really. Hey, kabikaboo. Hoosha. <laughs> that and more this week on Acme Podcast Incorporated. KP, introduce yourself. Oh, hi, I'm KP. You also might know me as Kuiper. Although, if you just read it and you don't think that spelling matches up, it spells it's spelled K-U-I-P-E-R. I'm a nerd. Don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, KP is our first guest ever. Hi. Um, you might... I am not popular on the internet, but I do have a Tumblr. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, for the plugs. Yeah. The plugs. Uh, KP is a fr- a friend of mine, and I thought his energy would be good for this podcast. Which was really a bad call on everyone's part. Mm. Uh, the verdict's not out. The, ver- we, the verdict... Is that... Yeah, verdict's not out yet. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Sorry, I just... I was like, is that... Is yes, that, that's a, that is a saying, Kai. That is, a, I was like, is that the proper wording of how you would? The yeah, jury's it, out. The jury's the out. Way. They, yeah, there you go. That's that, yeah. The verdict's Sorry. not in. The jury's out. It does not matter. The spirit of the intent was there. English is my native language. <laughs> Don't worry, English is hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, I, you know, it's not important. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, welcome to uh, episode, what is this, six, seven? Yeah, this is episode six. Welcome to episode six of Acme Podcast Incorporated, your premier choice for t- cartoon conversation. You sound like you're having <laughs> yeah. a stroke. I am struggling to get over my <laughs> own words. Uh, well, as usual... Other than KP, me and Laser are here. Hi, I'm Kai. I am your host, Laser J. Oh, coming to you pre-recorded from America's Cyst, Tampa, Florida. <laughs> this is a very good intro. I got it. Like, I've been meaning to say this, but Laser J is a very strong radio host. Thank name. you. Yeah, I, I've. I've always liked my initials. Just LJ, Laser J. I, I, my first name is Laser, for fuck's sake. It's a cool name. Like, it's not a nick. That's my real first name. That is his that real is, name. That is so cool, actually. Yeah. It, it's spelled L A Z A R. It's Yiddish. It's a Yiddish pronunciation. Uh, like, if you've seen Fiddler on the Roof, it's like the butcher from that Laser I Wolf. Need- I do need to watch Fiddler on the Roof. It's very good. Yeah. That's probably my second favorite musical. Yeah. I was in musicals in high school, but we didn't do the full musical. But our senior year, year, we did like a cabaret. No, 
junior we did like a cabaret thing so we did two different songs from fiddler on the roof nice uh, Matchma- obviously matchmaker and mushnik and son yeah what no freaking um what's the what's the name of that song tradition biddy yeah tradition or bitty 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 oh if i were yeah, a rich man if i were oh, no. if i were a rich man that's the one all right, all well, was... day long I'd biddy biddy bumma if I were a wealthy man. That was all right. the one I did. I had the name wrong in my All right, head. we've we reached we already reached our quota on yeah. show tunes. We're not singers. Uh yeah. I am singers. and yet I wasn't the one singing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not a singer. And that's I how the in... goof will continue. I was in theater, but not musicals. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, this is uh, ostensibly a podcast about cartoons. Uh, As you can tell by our nature. Uh, (laughs) um, So, uh, you know, by this point, you should have the gist of what we are, what we do, how it goes. But for any potential first time listeners... Uh, we usually start off talking about our weeks a little, and then we get into the shows. But uh, first, uh, how's you how's y'all's weeks been? KP, you're the guest. Maybe you should go first. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't lead an exciting life. Well, um, we don't talk about anything that's not usually. We usually don't talk about anything outside of things we watch or things ha! we read or video games we played um, so you're you're I've in been, a good company yeah. okay great i have been replaying through the story of final fantasy 14 okay because the last time i played through it was on us i have friends who play the game now and they are on a different server than i am so i'm catching up on that server um i don't know i don't really oh yeah that's about it <laughs> What about, I thought you had watched a thing with a mutual friend of ours. You'd been watching Oh, Um, oh, Lupin, right, right, right. Oh, which, Lupin which version? The third. So I got a friend of uh, Kai and mine into Lupin the third, uh, and I was like, I was trying to get him into it, so I was like, what do we watch? Of course, Green Jacket. I think it's a very good introduction to, Lu- to Lupin. Yeah. It's the first one. You can make fun of the jank animation if you're not having fun, and if you are having fun, you don't care about the jank animation. Mm-hmm. My it's- whole exposure to Lupin is mainly Red Jacket, honestly. I started with Green Jacket because I didn't know where else to start, and I still think it's a very solid introduction if you ignore the fact that everything else will ignore Green Jacket's canonical ways Lupin met Fujiko and Goemon. Yeah, that is a little weird. My, because my first, like I said, it was it was Red Jacket, and that was because I believe Adult Swim aired some of the Red Jacket stuff. Yes, in, it did as mm-hmm. a dub. Yep. Uh, my main exposure to Lupin, weirdly enough, well, actually, no, this is very in character for me, but the manga. <laughs> oh, that is very in character for you. Yes, yeah, I I read more than watch honestly yeah, the manga is not as gay as the anime is the problem yeah well also keep in mind i was i must have been 
12, 13. So that really uh, wasn't a priority for me. Uh, I just wanted to read the funny jokes. Valid. Yeah. And see the big bobbies. But no, <laughs> yeah. Fuji big no. bobbies. Um, so I watched Green Jacket. Then we watched Castle Cagliostro and Farewell Nostradamus. Oh, yeah. Farewell Nostradamus is... I forgot about that. It's, oh, I... I feel like, a more solid movie if you're a fan of Fujiko, because Fujiko doesn't get a lot of screen time in Cagliostro. No, she she does have her own movie now, at least. Mm, yeah. Is it... I haven't seen it. Is it bad? I... Some people really enjoy A Woman Named Fujiko, which is a whole season. Uh-huh. It has some... questionable content. Hmm. Which we can get into uh not now. <laughs> okay. I've also I mean I can if you want. I'm just no, no, I've also Go ahead later. I've also seen the uh Lupin the Third Detective Conan crossover. Oh yeah. yeah. That's the only bit of animated Lupin I've seen though. Hey KP, is the live action movie any good? Um I didn't watch it because I w- was upset that they didn't give live action Lupin sideburns. You know what? Fair. Valid. Valid. Yeah, fair. Valid. That was literally my only thing was that like it's such an easy thing, even if you have to fake the sideburns, just put yeah. them on there. Just like yeah. make some fake ones. Like I get if he can't grow them, just put some fake ones on there, move on with our lives. Yeah. So how many jackets are there again? It's green, red, and blue. pink and blue. Oh, pink, pink and blue. Pink cap was the um late mid to late eighties one, so it was a little wilder than standard Lupin. Yeah, and it had a very it was the longest running one, I believe. So it had a very inconsistent art style. Mm. My last the last time I watched Lupin was part five. Part five is very good. Part five is very good. But it also has a lot of references to Green Jacket that you it, miss if you haven't seen Green Jacket. Yeah, I caught one or two of them, but it had been so long since I had watched Green Jacket that, like, people had to point them out to me. Because, <coughs> like, and Green then Jacket. Then it had a reference to Cagliostro and then that one movie with the Golden Submarine. Oh, I forgot about that movie. We have veered off topic. I like it when Lupin does the jumping. <laughs> what? You know, he, he jumps sometimes. I also like, like that cartoon. one song. There's one of the songs, the background songs in... um. Well, you finish first. Oh, the theme song. I like the theme song. No, the theme song's good, but there's one of the background songs in Green Jacket has this dude just vibing in English. And one of the sentences he says is Lupin is a very nice man, which is patently untrue. Yeah. Depends on which Lupin you're talking about. Not Green Jacket. Not Green Jacket Lupin. <laughs> part 5 Lupin, yes. Part 4, part four Lupin, sometimes. Sometimes. What it's about like, CG Lupin? Uh, I haven't watched CG Lupin yet. Yeah, me neither. It hasn't come out yet. Yeah. Has it not? I thought it was out. Not in uh, subbed or dubbed form. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Is there anything else, KP? Oh. Other than the stuff we watch for this podcast. 
Um, not not really. No. Okay. Just our D and D campaign. Yeah, yeah. Laser is also in my man. That's it's weird. This podcast is literally the two D and D campaigns crossing over right now. Worlds are colliding. Worlds are colliding because I, for those who don't know, I'm I'm a player in a in one D and D game and a DM in another. I'm the DM of Laser's game and I'm a player in the game KP. Is oh, Laser's game is the one that has. Uh, the high school setting, right? That's a that's the sort of the side game to the main one. Mm. The main one is the Eberron thing. Ah, the one with all with the the Cobalt Rogue and the Blizzard folk was barbarian, and he he was until very recently. I was a turtle monk, but I got tired of playing him. So we oh, killed right, him this off. one. Yeah. He, now I'm a skeleton. Now he's playing a skeleton who is a Eldritch Knight bard. Multi-class. So Brooke. So Brooke, yes. Yeah, yeah. That that's I I made that same joke and. <laughs> Rad also made that same joke. Yep. It's almost like we all sell us. We all share a singular brain cell. Skull yeah. joke. Oh. Uh, <laughs> speaking of One Piece. Ah. That was kind of part of my last couple of weeks. Oh if no! If you don't mind me going next, laser. Uh, that's fine. I I don't really have much, so I do. Oh, I know you do. <laughs> so I haven't read One Piece in a while. Like, so I'm trying. So I haven't started reading it again yet. But I've been doing my sort of like, all right, I need to do a refresher course <laughs> on One Piece. Like I need to remember because there's there's a lot of stuff that's relevant that you completely forget about. Yeah, like Joy Boy and the Poneglyphs uh, mm. and like the Will of D and all of this fucking all these tiny plot threads that run throughout the entirety of the gigantic story that is One Piece. Or like Pluton. Yeah, the three Uranus, ancient weapons. The, the uh, what's it called? But uh, it's Poseidon, Pluton, and Uranus. Uh, or uh, Uranus. Uranus. They're all named after Roman gods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it used uh the spelling of Uranus that you has the L in it. Oh, really? At least that's what most people have, just because I feel like people laugh at Uranus. <laughs> obviously. Um and just catching up on some of that and. <laughs> Boy, there's a, there's a thing in One Piece that doesn't that doesn't really hit home until you like look back, mm-hmm. and that's like where Luffy is now compared to where he started. Yeah, the the boy is like he started off with nothing but a, a shitty dinghy, and now he's like one of the the quote the quote unquote fifth emperors of the sea, one of the emperors of the sea, kind of. Yeah, not really. Yeah wild it's a wild trip man and uh part of my uh sort of catch-up was crunchyroll actually put up a video that's about a half an hour like an hour and a half long it's like the one piece timeline explained that's like a big giant overview of all of the arcs the gist of what happens in these arcs and all the video games and movies and the gist of those that released during the entirety of one piece's run all the way up to now 
I mean, you could have asked me for this information, but the video is probably faster. It, it, yeah, <laughs> it would have been, would have been faster. And it, I mean, it was fun. It's a fun video, it's, especially like for people who have like, who haven't watched or read One Piece in a while, just to be like, get a brief, like, oh yeah, 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 that, 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 you know, refresh your memory. Mm-hmm. And then, then after that, it was doing deep wiki dives. The deep web. You know, wikis. Yeah, wikis. Which is the entirety of my exposure to Marvel and DC. That's what, that was part of my exposure to JoJo for a long time. Uh, and then reading about devil fruits and learning things through osmosis. Because you can't avoid it doing wiki dives. Yeah. Like that shit with Brooke and Big Mom. Yeah. Which is probably one of the coolest things. You know what? I, it's not one of the it's not one of the cool it's the coolest thing Brooke has ever done. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brooke hasn't really gotten a lot of cool moments to shine. He's it's a because character. Well, no, it's more because since he, he only joined right before the time skip and then everything, you Went know, after shit. that's been pretty plot folk plot centric. Yeah, because right after Brooks' arc, like not too long after Brooks' arc, where he was introduced, the Straw Hats get separated, and most of the arcs following that were like the the Straw Hats were doing the other Straw Hats were doing their own thing, and the other arcs kind of follow Luffy and his sort of whole. And then deal. when we get back to everyone, the plot kind of goes hog wild. Yeah, well, this is like the Yonko saga and all that. The last time I read One Piece was at the end of Dress Rosa, so mm. it's been a while. I'm, been I've a while? missed all of I've missed all of Zoe. I've missed all of Whole Cake Island, and I've I haven't read any of Wano at all. So I've missed a lot. I know a lot of the things that happen, <laughs> but you know, just because as what osmosis. Yeah, Whole Cake's good. Wano mm. is contentious. Hmm. I've heard the art is good in Wano. The yeah, art's good. Luffy gets buff for a minute. You mean what? <laughs> Isn't he already buff? No, I mean the art style doesn't portray normal Luffy as buff a lot. Yeah. We'll, we'll go back and forth on how buff Oda wants to draw him. He should be shredded because he is. He is in Wano. Yeah, uh, freaking Zaro is also <laughs> shredded. But he's always been shredded. Except in Dressrosa when he was wearing that suit. Yeah, but then you couldn't see his fucking uh, washboard abs. Or like that time in Annie's lobby when they when Oda decided to close up on his biceps. Oh, with Nichi Gorilla. Yeah. Gorilla. Yep. 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 Hey, when is when is Ashura <laughs> coming back? <laughs> Asura? No idea. Like, that's a cool thing that never came back ever, except in the Are movie. you just saying this because it turns Zoro into a monster man? No, I'm saying it because <laughs> it's cool. Why you gotta call me out like this? I I call myself out, thank you. <laughs> okay, alright. Um, anyway, I think we fully alienated Laser from his own podcast. Yeah, it's fine. I, I stopped. Uh, I stopped following One Piece in the middle of the uh, Fishman Island, where the the Shark Man was kind of trying to lead a revolt against yep. Princess and yep. yep, yeah. To be fair, 
Fishman Island, like after the time skip, Fishman Island isn't the best start to the post time skip era because the last arc before the time skip was one of the best arcs in the whole series. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it it's a hard act to follow. I know One Piece is really good, and I'm in the minority when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. But I like. I put it in the same class as Bleach, honestly, where it's just okay. Oh, we're okay. That yeah. It's this isn't me passing judgment on it. It's just my personal where it's like it was really good, and then there was an arc that just made me lose interest. That's fair. It's Fishing it, Island. I just it's. I I kind I had okay. At work one day during the whole uh, computer systems are down, but they're not letting us leave thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's an annoying coworker I have who mm. just loves to speak. Mm. Uh, and he just decided to start telling me about One Piece. Mm. Yeah, that would turn me off of the, sh- of the show, too. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. This isn't what turned me off on it. This is very recent. And it's just like, so like, I know what's been going on and I know it's a very good show. Well, the manga, don't, the anime is. Okay. I know the manga is, I know the story is very good. I like, I'm not saying it's bad. It's just fall into that same category as Bleach has for me personally, where there was a good arc and then an arc that made me lose interest. I will and say I it is never went back. It's fair to for that to be Fishman Island because it suffered from being on top of just being the first one back from a really good arc was it also had to show off everyone's new abilities before they met actual challenges. Yeah. So like none of the boss none of the fights are allowed to be with interesting fighters. Yeah. They have to show like, off everyone's new combat skills. Like the big bad of freaking uh, Fishman Island, Hody Jones literally has to cheat to even stand a remote chance against Luffy. And it doesn't really work because the only reason he stands chances Luffy is so there's another big best. Well, also, well, that, but also the drugs. Yeah. And, and Hody Jones uses the fact that it's a fishman to his advantage, which, to be fair, is a good idea on him to use the fact that he is a fishman to his advantage. And that yeah. he's in that Luffy's a devil for user, you know, mm-hmm. like it's smart tactics to be fair, mm-hmm. but that doesn't change the fact that Fishman Island came after the fucking um, uh, Marine Ford arc, which is one of the best arcs in the whole show, yeah. whole series. Like, hey, mm-hmm. I I got a one I got a question about One Piece. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I know Devil Fruit users just sink to the bottom of. Any body of water they end up in. Well, uh, well, mm. well. Yeah, l- l- finish the question. <laughs> no, you explaining that might negate the question. So go ahead and okay, give me the so, truth. The thing is that when a devil fruit, u- do you mind if I take this guy? <laughs> go, go, go ahead. Okay, when a devil fruit user comes in contact with still water, not running water, this is important because they're still allowed to take baths and be in the rain. Okay. We'll take showers, not baths. But when they're in a body of water, they lose all their strength. 
They can still be um, above the water. So, like, if they're in a hot spring, which does happen, they'll lose all their strength because it's still water, but they'll be, but they're fine. They can still, like, be there. Also, the water has to be a certain depth. Yeah, in order for it to be a problem. Like, if they're just standing in still water, it will, they'll probably be fine until it hits, like, their knees. Like, they have to be, like, if they stepped in a puddle, they wouldn't immediately, like, lose their powers. Okay. It has and to be, like, like, really deep. And it's not like they can't affect the thing, like, affect water. Because uh, we have whole things of, like, Aokiji's freezing water as he goes across it. Yeah, Aokiji's ice fruit. Yeah. <clears throat> there are fruits that can kind of circumvent the weakness. But, mm -hmm. you know, does okay. that answer your question, Laser? Yeah. Yeah, that does. My question was going to be, why doesn't Luffy just expand his torso real big, get a shit ton of oxygen, and then just, you know, do like the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, skeletons walking on the ocean yeah. floor thing? Well, well, they do that at one point, but um, he, if his body's in contact with the water, he loses his ability to control his powers. He's still yeah. made of rubber, but like he couldn't like swim. Expand. The water would let. Well, he couldn't expand any further, well, and he also, also can't like swim. Like the water will fight him. They Got they it. lose consciousness essentially. Well, they just lose strength. They're still conscious. conscious. Yeah, and also like this was mentioned that that was certain types of devil fruit still work even if they're like in the water. Like in the in the first uh, the Arlong arc, Luffy gets submerged underwater, and to help him survive while he's submerged to help him escape, they stretch his neck up out of the water mm -hmm. so he's still, he's still rubber but he's so he's still but he's still in the water so he's still unconscious but because he's rubber they're able to like you know make it so he doesn't die while they're trying to free him from under yeah, the water it's a passive ability not like an active one and there are and there are certain double fruits that are passive and active. like alveda's fruit would mean even in underwater things would slide off her body yes. or fruit means even when he's underwater if he's cut up he'll survive and also, Fishman can have devil fruits, which sucks for Fishman because then they lose their ability to swim. They but can they still don't drown. They can still breathe underwater. They don't drown. Which we did establish with two different characters, uh, freaking Vanderdecken and Jack, or Fishman, who have yeah. devil fruits. Jack's never hasn't been explicitly stated in canon, but yeah. Yeah, he's. He's either half fishman or he is a full fishman. No, no, his uh, Viver card did say he's a fishman. Oh, okay, cool, got it. It's just uh, not been stated in the show yet. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, other than One Piece, uh, Magic the Gathering Arena <laughs> continues. Uh, and I know you, Laser, wanted to hear about this. You wanted to experience Magic the Gathering vicariously, vicariously. through me. Yeah, vicariously <laughs> through me. So I mentioned last time my my two favorite things to do in Magic the Gathering are play big, big dumb creatures, and sacrifice things and like do a bunch of shenanigans with sacrificing and gaining advantage from sacrificing. So I started playing a deck that's a uh, meta deck in the form the main format of Magic, one of the main formats of Magic the Gathering called Standard, which is called Jund Food. And Jund is the combination of three colors, black, red, and green. Yeah, it's, it's like a jungle planet, right? Yeah, it's one of the uh, shards on a plane called Alara? Yeah, it's Alara. Because mm -hmm. I got um, 
I got some Jund cards in my one deck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's like some of like the shards and the clans from Tarkir mm -hmm. are kind of what the people start calling the naming conventions of those three color combinations. Just like the guilds of Ravnica. Yeah, they they call them the the when people refer to the color combinations, they just call them by the guild names because of the association. Uh, but Jund is the red, green, black color combination so it centers on a couple of cards of the john food deck so in uh throne of aldrain the last set there was a mechanic called food uh, essentially food is there's a lot of things that summon food and food are like these like tokens that are like artifacts and you can sacrifice them to like gain life so essentially you eat them and you heal yourself is sort of the flavor of it and some cards of course gain you benefits from having food or getting rid of food or using food and the the, the two of the main ones in this deck are one golden goose which is a uh, which is of course the golden goose and when it comes into play it summons a food and you can sacrifice food to make mana with it so it's like a it's like this one it's like this old magic card called bird of paradise where it was like a, a bird that tapped to add any color of mana. It's like that, but you have to sacrifice a food to get it. Okay. Uh, and it can also tap to make more food. Uh, so it can. So it's essentially like a. It's 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 making things for you to sacrifice and also making mana, which is its main thing. And then there's another. There's two other cards that sort of are central to this deck. Cauldron familiar, which is a, a one mana one one cat, and when it comes into play you gain one life and your opponent loses one life. And you can cast it from your graveyard by sacrificing a food. And then there's an artifact called Witch's Oven. You tap it, sacrifice a creature, and you get a food. So there's like this loop you can do where you tap the Witch's Oven, sacrifice the Cauldron Familiar, get a food, sacrifice the food to bring back the Cauldron Familiar to keep pinging your opponent over and over again. And slowly gaining advantage that way. I really liked when you showed me that deck because it had bacon to a pie. Yeah. Costing two and two black mana. <laughs> yep. It's a I cut that card from the deck because it's not as good as murder, but it's, it's a very fun flavor pun. card. For a flavor card, yes. Uh and the the sort of big win condition of the deck other than um the cat is there's a card called Corvold Fae Cursed King. And he's one of the reasons you're putting red in this deck because he costs one black, one red, one green, and two generic mana. He's a, a dragon with flying. And whenever a Corvold comes into play or attacks, you sacrifice a permanent. And permanent <laughs> is anything that's not like a... a is any, it's like a creature or an art. Anything that stays on the field is a permanent. Right, so like a creature, artifact, whatever. So usually you're sacrificing food, or you're sacrificing the cat. And whenever you sacrifice something, while Corval's on the field, he gets bigger and draws you a card. Vor Dragon. Vor Dragon, yes. Uh, and it's just sort of like this value engine that you consistently, and it's not just. And the thing is, is it's something I didn't realize is that you uh, to make a mana with the the goose, you're sacrificing food, right? And you're sacrificing mm -hmm. food to summon the cat. 
Well, Corvald activates off of that too. Whenever you sacrifice, when anytime you sacrifice a permanent, he gets bigger and you draw a card. So you're you're like, it's this double engine of gaining advantage off of sacrificing things and making him bigger, drawing cards, and then slowly attritioning your opponent, or just killing him with a really big dragon. <laughs> Really big vor dragon. A really big vor dragon. His like he's not even joking because the flavor text on his card says, "When Corvald was cursed on his wedding day, he ate, though he ate the food, the gifts, and the wedding guests." <laughs> uh, and so it's 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 everything I want to do in Magic. I get to play a big dumb dragon. I get to sacrifice things. I get to get advantage off of sacrifice things. I get to draw cards. Then you get to vor people. And uh, yeah. Yeah, sure do, KP. Yeah, sure do. KP, I call myself out enough on this podcast. I don't know if you've listened to the Wait, that episode isn't out yet. Not a, not as of the recording of this podcast, but there's an episode of OKKO where there's a big lizard lady who eats a planet. Yeah. It's pretty it's pretty on the nose, not gonna lie. <sighs> oh man. Sorry, I kind of I kind of took the mic on that one without letting you guys No, it's your week, no. dude. If you had any questions, please. No. No, I'm good. Okay. There are there's some new decks that have been coming into the meta as well because of the new set, which have been kind of interesting. I kinda of wanna play some of them. Uh one of them is a Voltron style deck for those who don't know voltron style is like you take one creature and you give it a bunch and you put a bunch of shit on it to make it really big combining it into one thing hence why it's called voltron and i'll form the head and i'll form the head exactly it's a voltrony deck which is pretty fun and there's also because of theros coming back devotion the mechanic is back which is about like how many symbols of mana of a particular color are on the field? Because you're devoting yourself to a god of a particular color. Which is kind of fun. And Mono Black Devotion is apparently back as a, a deck from back in the old days. But anyway, the last thing that is, I think, worth talking about is I watched... There's only one episode of it so far, but it's, it looks like it's going to be a miniseries of a show called... Deathstroke, Knights and Dragons. Hmm. I don't okay. know. It's on a CW Seed, I believe. It's a DC animated miniseries last show, and is of course about Mr. Slade Wilson, aka Deathstroke. Uh it is not for children. I'm gonna state that right up right up at the top. Hmm. <laughs> not for kid, not for kids. Very bloody. <laughs> as Deathstroke tends to be. Uh, it's sort of of a similar quality of the of most of the uh, DC animated fare. And yeah. it's, it seems to be focusing on uh, Deathstroke and his relationship with his son, Jericho. Interesting. And the stuff with Hive and Jericho <coughs> joining Hive and this whole... It's 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 this is definitely more of on the this definitely for, falls more on the side of Deathstroke as an anti-hero as opposed to Deathstroke the villain. 
They've been moving in that direction the last few years because he's such a cool fucking design. Yeah. And people like him and... Yeah, I'm, let's lean more into this. Yeah, I'm cool with him being an anti-hero. Yeah, I'm cool with it too. It works for him. I'd even be cool with him making a full face turn, honestly. I don't know. I like that he... Like, if you take away the idea... He has to... Okay, he has, he has to be to an anti-hero first, but... He, like, I don't mean just jump straight now into being a hero, but, mm -hmm. you know, eventually. Yeah, I guess I, I guess that. Go ahead, Kippy. Oh, I was saying, I know he's always supposed to have been an anti-hero, but, like, my original exposure to him was, as a lot Teen of Titan. people, Teen Titans. Teen Titans. Yeah. He wasn't originally supposed to be an anti-hero. He was a straight-up <clears throat> villain. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He was, he all, was he equivalent was a... to uh, Marvel's Taskmaster. Yeah, um, pretty much. And um, the, the, the that storyline with Terra and Slade is an adaptation of a Teen Titans court storyline called the Judas Contract. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That much I knew. Yeah. Uh, and before, uh, before any uh, nerds jump down our throat, yeah, I know that better comparison would be Marvel's Deadpool since Deadpool was based off of Death's Deathstroke but Wade Wilson Slade Wilson yes yeah but I mean Taskmaster is thematically more appropriate yeah for he, yeah Deathstroke there's also some Deadpool's other own thing now yeah he yeah is. he's his own beast he's also a parody yeah he is a parody um the uh the there's some also some fun stuff for people who are really into more obscure DC characters. Like Mr. Wintergreen is there, and so is a uh, bronze tiger and uh freaking um the jackal and just some some more of the more out there obscure DC villains on that sort of side of Deathstrokes. Kite man? Hmm? No, Kite not man. No, no, not no. yet. No kite man, not yet. He, he's been in uh, Harley Quinn. I need to watch that show. Yeah, um, we'll get. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I might yeah. watch it. I might watch. My it only complaint is that Ivy and Harley aren't lesbians. <sighs> What's even the point then? I know. <laughs> it, it, I agree. I agree. What is even the point? <laughs> You're gonna have Ivy a Harley Quinn show. Horrible, like it's not like a bad relationship. It's just like a she's embarrassed to be seen with him with Kite uh, Man. Uh, yeah. God, it's they fucked it up. They really did. You fucked it up. They had a really good source material. That I'm sorry, I'm cutting into your week. No, no, no. Hmm. I don't mind. I've I've kind of been talking a lot anyway, so. Uh, they they did had a really good like source material they could have pulled from with uh, that recent run she had where it was drawn by Amanda Connor. Yeah. Um, but they decided to go with their own thing. But they kind of like pulled some elements from that, but they fuck it all up. <sighs> Just go read that run of comics. It's much better. Yeah. But Harley I'm and Ivy. Still, no. Hmm. That's not the one I'm talking about. It's just Harley Quinn. Oh, right. Okay, I thought we were talking about the their own thing, the Harley and Ivy comics. Oh, no, no, no. That, that too, but that that's not the one I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Gotcha. This is just her solo book. 
Oh. Ivy's not even in it at first. Okay. Takes a while for her to get there. Yeah, and then uh, that's sort of where this whole thing starts, really. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Uh, sorry. Go on. No, um, I w- there wasn't too much to say about Knights and Dragons. I'm really looking forward to more. It is good, and it definitely is more in line with like, like I said, the darker side of the DC animated universe. <laughs> its tone is a lot more similar to. Uh, <laughs> Oh, well, that one DC animated movie that did about uh, Suicide Squad. It's way Suicide more. Suicide like, Squad. Yeah, the the animated Suicide Squad. Movie yeah, that they did. Yeah. Which, by the way, if if, if your only exposure to Suicide Squad is the live action movie, go watch that instead. Because <laughs> it's actually better a, yet. Better yeah. yet, go read uh, Gail Simone's Secret Six. Yeah, that too. Go read Gail Simone's Secret Six. Also, read um, One Year. Is it called year it, one? Year one. Yeah, year one. God, year one is so good. Which oh. year one? There's so many different year <laughs> ones, though. No, I mean, well, most of them were good. But yeah, I mean, I really like Green Arrow year one. I really like Batman Bo- year one's good too. And Booster Gold. I haven't read Booster Golds. Yeah, um, the Booster Gold is very very good. Nice. And uh. Or was it year one? Or am I thinking of it's the stuff that comes um after? It's like they're updates to the origin stories. Oh no, I'm thinking of a different thing. I'm thinking of um the stuff that happens before uh, this one event, and it's like the the events leading up to that, and it focuses a lot on like the other like characters we don't get to see a lot, Light Booster Gold, and the question Flashpoint. No, it might be. Oh God, it's there's too many. There's God comics. Comics, yeah. Comics. It's, it's an issue. There's ah. Ha! Uh, that was not intentional, but that was a good one. Thank you for pointing that out. Uh, issue. Anyway. Uh, fuck me. Uh, but it and it is good so far. It's like I said, it's focusing a lot on like the relationship between. Uh, Deathstroke and his son, his estranged son Jericho. Uh, and Does he then, still have that shitty Silver Age design? What, oh, with the the outfit, the yeah, purple, like the, the purple, the purple tunic, the no, purple no, no. jerkin, and the no, 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 the no. blonde curls, and he has blonde hair, but that's about it. Okay, he's still mute. I forgot that about him. Yeah, he's mute. He uh, in the the how it happens in this show is that the his wife and Jer- and Jericho don't well uh, his wife and his son don't know that he's a mercenary mm-hmm. and eventually oh. someone finds out about his family and captures his son and there's this whole thing where he goes to save him and so taken y- yeah taken but that that's that's literally the first half of episode 1 <laughs> Because this is this looks like it's going to be a forty-minute drama type deal. Oh, because uh, the first ep- I don't know if the other episodes are, but the first episode is forty minutes. Huh? Like nice. like like an hour, like you know how an hour of TV would be filled like a Star Trek or. A- so yeah, I do yeah. have one question about this TV show. Yes. Tara show up at all? I no, because she's um. Well, she hasn't. So this is only. She, there's only been one episode, so I don't. She might show up. I don't know. Mm. I don't I, think 
Tara is not his biological daughter, right? Oh. No, 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 no. She's not. Yeah, she's not. Um. So there's room for her to show up. Not but... any. I know at one point she was. Well, in the original Judas Project, Tara contract. is very Judas Contract rather. Uh, they're the two of them are actually in a relationship, which is mm. ten levels of creepy. Yeah, because mm. he's like in his forties and she's possibly underage. It's never yeah. really stated, but it does, I'm not going to get too much into that. It's mm. skis territory. It's very skeezy either way you slice it. Mm. It's like how it's just how skeezy is it? Mm. Is the question. But anyway, I'm not going to get too much into that. It was what I watched was good. Want to see more? I can't. I don't know when the next episode is going to come out. Now the character I like more than uh, Jericho or uh, Tara is mm. Ravager. His, uh, Rose, his other daughter. Oh yeah, God, Slade has so many fucking kids. It's hard to keep track. He has four kids. He, it's four. Yeah, well, one of the kids is the queen of Hive in this. I don't know which kid she's supposed to be, though. Okay. Um, like, he's only got two daughters. It's Tara and Rose. Well, then it's probably... It's either Tara or Rose. It hasn't been stated which one she is yet. Okay. Uh, So that's your week? Uh, Yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Okay. Not too much else to talk about other than yeah. what I watched. I, I didn't really have much of a week either. Um, I uh, mostly just watch YouTube videos and just have like noise in the background while I worked on some action figure customization. Uh, but the day before we recorded this was Friday the 31st and uh, of Jan 31st of January, which means uh, the final episodes of BoJack Horseman hit Netflix. Oh. And I uh, stayed up, watched them all. And uh, hoof. Hoof? Hoof. Hoof? <laughs> oof. Hoof. Hoof. A oof in a good way or oof in a bad way? Um, a little bit of A, a little bit of B. Hmm. Because so like, it it's a really good closeout to the show. I think people, every character got what they deserved, and I mean them both the good way and bad way. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, there's some stuff in there that deals with uh, depression and suicide. That just cut a little too close to home for me. Oh, I see. Uh, and I'm just going to say this now. I do not feel properly equipped to deal with this show. On the show. Mm -hmm. So I don't think we'll ever cover BoJack Horseman unless I. It's too heavy. Yeah, it... it's too real. Bojack kind of falls into that same category as like Rick and Morty, where it's showing a self-destructive person who should not be imitated, but some dumbasses think he should because sometimes he brings up a good point. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of miss the nuances of how, you know, everyone, anyone's capable of bringing up a good point, but that doesn't make them a role model. It's the, uh, what's it called? There's a name for it now. It's the, the, uh, it's the Walter White. It's the, the Rick no, Sanchez. It's the fight club syndrome. Yes. Fight club. Exactly. It's Tyler Durden. Yeah. Fight club um, syndrome. Yeah. It, but even with that, it's such a good show. The comedy is so good. Everyone on there is a phenomenal performer. And it has a lot of good like commentary on Hollywood in general and society. And I think it's a really interesting portrayal of depression and addiction and trauma. And it's a really good show. I, it's absolutely one of my favorite shows, possibly of all time. Um, but... It's also in that unfortunate, like, Rick and Morty situation. Mm. Yeah. Like, I'm sure the show is fine, but the fandom, not yeah. so much. Not even the fandom, because I don't know if there is a fandom. I don't see any fan content for this show. Mm-hmm. Everyone I know who likes this is not the type of person who joins fandoms. Mm. I feel like I've seen some stuff but it's not it's not to the same level as like shows that would have a fandom yeah not like it, rick and morty where they have a fucking dungeons and dragons product god yeah hey kp you want to die do you want to no. know what that D product is called i feel like i've heard it before but hit me big rick energy i hate that don't you isn't <sighs> it the worst that. i love that fuck you I love that. That's hilarious. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> it's hilarious. Okay. Admittedly, I also love Rick and Morty. I have not seen the new season, but I do I've love that show. I've only seen seasons one and two. I say fuck you, but I know who you are. You light curse things. Yeah, I fucking... This is not an invitation to send me cursed things, but <laughs> I, I do enjoy... When I come across cursed things, don't at me. Don't at me. <sighs> like that, okay. re- that, that, like that picture of the Reese's peanut butter cup with the baked beans inside of it. No, that's that. Yeah, yeah, I do enjoy that. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. Or that picture you posted in this fucking Discord. No, so, several of the pictures <laughs> you posted. In, several of the pictures you posted in this Discord. What did you think of that video? I that Facebook video I sent of uh, it. It's uh, All Might, but it's the Johnny Bravo theme. Uh, I've seen that video before. Okay. Okay. Well, the one that I'm talking about is the KP knows which one I'm talking about. Ah, uh, yeah, dehimbofication. Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we can't we can't do visual slash inside jokes on a podcast. No, no, we can't. Um, that's what they do in Jordan Jesse Go, and look how popular they are. Yeah, well, yeah, well, you know, good for them. Good for them. Uh, yeah. Other than that. Uh, other than Bojack and some action figure customization stuff, uh, I saw 
on Twitter a clip from a recent episode of that uh the Tangled cartoon like oh, TV yeah. show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That it's like nothing left really what? That song, uh Nothing Left to Lose. I don't I I haven't turned on audio on any of it. It's just this really great turnaround shot that looks yep. like it's yep, yep. done with computers, but it's all 2D. Well, it's well, all the, hand drawn. Well, uh, I remember reading about it. Um, basically, the show's animated in... It's computer animated, but with like 2D um, puppets, basically. Like okay. that kind of thing. But oh, like, the puppets uh, don't work in a 3D space like that turnaround would do. Oh, so like MLP. Yeah, yeah. So they had to manually animate each bit of the turnaround based on the puppets to like get it's it. Still wild. impressive as hell. It's very. It, I mean, it that's even, that's honestly more impressive. Yeah. Um, and I watched like the first few episodes of that show, and I thought that looks like a, a fun little show. You know, it didn't blow me away, but maybe we should talk about it. That's what I was going to get to. I want to get. I want to. I want to see that entire fucking show because I saw some stuff from last season that looked fucking crazy. And yeah, that show looks fucking insane. I mm. like the moon incantation they added. Hmm. The dark version of the healing spell. Is Listen, that when her hair I, goes I, black? I need to watch yes. the movie first. Okay. You haven't I'll seen say. Tangled? No, I haven't. Don't at me. I've seen Tangled vis-a-vis -vis Kingdom Hearts. I... Oh. <laughs> I've that done was... it. I've given Laser an aneurysm. That was Laser's turn. To wow. Laser. I've given Laser an aneurysm. I've won the podcast. I, don't, I wonder how much of this he's going to cut. <laughs> How much of this is going to cut? Future, I ask Future Laser. And now, a new segment brought to you by Acme Podcasts Incorporated. Yeah, hey, hi. Um, not cutting any of that. None of it. Zilch, zero, zippo. In fact, I'm adding a whole new segment onto it. To let you know that I'm not cutting any of it. This has been Okay. Well, you, know, you, you good? You get there, buddy? Yeah, I know what we're doing for episode eight now. <laughs> Okay, we're watching. Okay, we're doing the movie and then the t first season of the show. That makes sense. We're we decided what we're going to watch for seven. Well, one of the things, but we'll talk about yeah. that after the podcast. Yeah. Uh. But anyway. All right. That that that's all I got on my week. Okay. So... Oh oh um hold on. Mm -hmm. Uh, before we take a quick break and uh, get into. Our next segment, uh, just a quick heads up that uh, because we have a guest this week, we won't be covering Owl House or uh, Keep Your Hands Off Azokin this week. Uh, we'll have a extra large section to cover all the episodes we've missed uh, next episode. Yeah, uh, I have seen stuff, and boy, am I excited to watch more of Owl House. 
Yeah, I I only haven't seen last night's episode. I haven't watched uh, any of it, but I've there are people on Twitter who are posting <laughs> things, and I'm like, mm. I have thankfully avoided. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. I follow a lot of animators mm-hmm. and voice actors, mm-hmm. but I don't really follow anyone who posts like fan content on Twitter. That's kind of like most of the people I follow on Twitter. Furry artists and regular artists. Yeah, I, I follow like friends. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, then a couple there's a couple artists I follow, but they're not really fan artists. Mm-hmm. It's just it's I don't really care a great deal about spoilers. Mm. Um, I find sometimes knowing something cool happens is good motivation to keep watching something. Because mm. I want I want the context for it. Yeah, that's fair. It, it, everybody's um, different with that sort of thing. I know I'm in the minority for this. I remember when I was a kid, the thing that made me want to see movies more than anything was I'd see a cool or funny scene in a TV spot for a movie, and then I would go to the movie, and as soon as I see that thing and I had the context, I would feel vindicated. Hmm. Hmm. It just took a scene to sell me on something. Movie movie trailers kind of just now though suffer from the problem of we put all the best jokes in the trailer. Yeah, yeah that that is a problem. Um, and there are no but, other good jokes in this movie. Yeah, but um, anyway, that, but that's anyway, a whole, that's a so, whole conversation. Yeah, that's a whole other. So, uh, stick around. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we get back, we're gonna discuss Kim Possible season one. Acme Podcasts Incorporated. On. Acme Podcasts Incorporated. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm your basic average girl, and I'm here to save the world. You can't stop me because I'm. And welcome back. And we're going to talk about Kim Possible now. Season one of Kim Possible. So, yeah, what so you all got to say? So, what's the sitch, guys? <laughs> Oh, it's so not the sish. No, <laughs> it's so not the drama. But anyway, um, so not the drama. That as I've yeah. as I've started very recently since last episode, I do want to do for those who haven't seen Game Possible. I I I disagree with you on this. I don't think we should do episode by episode breakdowns. No, 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 no. I was gonna say, uh, brief overview of what Game Possible is. Oh, oh yes, yes, that I agree with history and maybe some trivia for you i have some very interesting trivia that's kind of fun uh, I have maybe not interesting things but things that are important to me um so uh, uh released in 2002 it ran for 87 episodes all the way up to 2007 and it stars the eponymous kim possible and her sidekick ron stoppable with his pet mole rat rufus and it tells the various exploits of kim as they save the world from supervillains 
while she tries to survive high school. And a lot of the time, the high school drama is way more important to her than the superhero drama. Yeah, well, because yeah. the superhero stuff is so not the drama. It really isn't. Um, Some fun trivia for you. Uh, the creators, Mark McCorkle and Robert Schooley, created the show in an elevator. Ha. Apparently, the story goes that McCorkle looked at Rob and said, Kim Possible, she can do anything. And then Schooley said, her partner is Ron Stoppable. He can't do anything. Ha! <laughs> um, uh, also, uh, when they were making the show, two different people other than uh, Will Friedle, uh, uh auditioned for the part of Ron Stoppable. Uh, do you know who those two people were? I would like to. Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, uh, wow. And John Cena. Uh, what? John Cena. John Cena, according to a few sources, auditioned for the role of Ron Stoppable. When he didn't yeah. get the role, he decided uh, it was a sign from the Lord himself up above to pursue a career in professional wrestling. <laughs> no, 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 no. Vito, uh, you are fucking with me. No, according I the IMDb says this. A couple of, and a couple of other sites uh, allegedly this is true. So you're saying John Cena became a wrestler and thus got on Scooby Doo because he got passed up for Unstoppable and Kim Possible. Yes, we live in the best timeline. We do. We live in the best timeline. And that that's not because I don't think he would have been a good Ron Stoppable. I think his voice is a little too deep for that. Mm-hmm. But um, just be- it's the best time because we have that story in the <laughs> canon of our Earth. Yeah. Uh, and the last bit of trivia is uh, Nancy Cartwright, who is the voice of Rufus, apparently did a lot of research on Naked Molras to prepare for her role as Rufus. Yeah, <laughs> which is which is kind of fun, but that's yeah. that's pretty much all I've got for you in terms of uh, trivia and history. I do have like a uh, a cast list, but we'll get into that as I, we talk I, about. I the got show. I I got one little bit that's just it's not really trivia, but it's of importance to me personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Her dad's Harvey Birdman. He is. Ah! He is in fact Harvey Birdman, Mister Possible, Gary Harvey... Cole, Gary Cole. Gary Cole. This show has a really strong cast. It really does. Does. Uh, freaking um. This is both Will Friedle. This is his first role as a voice actor, and he no. would go on. No. Oh, what Batman was it? Beyond. Oh, you're right. You're super right. This is okay. Yeah, you're right. This is one of his first, though. It's yeah. It's, along yeah. with Batman Beyond, this is one of his first, and it was sort of lead him down doing becoming a voice actor. As like a, a career, as opposed yeah. to which was being on Boy Meets World. Yeah. Who Kim po- the Kim Possible's voice <clears throat> actress Christy Carlson Romano was also on. She was on Even Stevens. Yeah, and... Even Stevens and Boy Meets World. I don't think I. All right, she was on Boy Meets World. She was along with Wilfred L. And what? the guy who voices uh, Brick was also on, uh, freaking uh, Boy Meets World. Huh. Yep. So I'm remembering you've unlocked a memory in my brain. I do remember seeing stuff about her being both an Ewan Stevens and Kim Possible back when these shows were airing. Yep. Yeah. Like to my brain saying, yes, you remember all these commercials where they talked about it. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't uh, that she was 
it, it wasn't that she was in them at the same time. It was in the yeah. promotional lead up for Kim Possible. That's like, mm-hmm. you've seen her in even Stevens. Now we'll hear her in Kim Possible. Yeah. I you know, remember. kind of the same thing they do with like Brenda Song and Ashley Tisdale now. Yeah. yeah. Then they yeah, did with yeah. Selena Gomez and, mm-hmm. you know, every Disney Channel star. Uh, just and they tried to get her a pop song thing because she sang the uh, intro theme too. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is just a side note, but mm. we, while we are on break, me and KP were talking about <laughs> Amphibia. Brenda Song plays the main character in that. Yes. Nice. Well, speaking of that actress's uh, pop series, the only other song I remember seeing from her was when she sang the theme song, uh, the cover theme song to the movie for the TV show Teacher's Pet. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> That's a deep cut, dude. I think like that hit my kidney. It was so deep. <laughs> I want to knock your books out of your hand and take your lunch money. Deep cuts. The deep. It was a wild song too because it was a cover of a song about like from a movie called Teacher's Pet about a woman and her like co- someone she was teaching at a uh, night school for adults. So like the whole song was about like set had sexual undertones, but like in a you know a normal setting. But then they just transferred it to the show about a dog, where it didn't have any relevance to any of the plot at all. It was just "I want to be your teacher's pet" was the main part of the chorus, and no one thought it was a problem. Huh. Oh. Okay. All right. Anyway. Uh, let me just see real quick. Oh, one other cast thing I'd like to turn it point out is yep. uh, your girlfriend, your wife. Oh well, no, ah. no, she's. I don't have a crush on her. I just think she's hilarious. Nicole Sullivan. Yeah, Nicole Sullivan is she go, but that that's not what I was going to point out. Um, I phenomenal. This she go. I mean, who wouldn't? But I'm talking about. Talking about Nicole, I'm talking about the voice actress, Nicole Sullivan. Yeah, specifically, but Shigo is also sexy. To be I, fair. yeah, I always point out Nicole Sullivan and stuff because I like her voice and I think she's funny. And I used to watch her on Mad TV when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, um, in the last episode, Frugal Luker. Yeah, 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 yeah. Richard Kind. Yeah, Richard Kind. Uh, oh, by the way, I he's... think that. Go ahead. I'll let you finish. He's a very good character actor, and I always love when he's in stuff because he just has such a charming voice. Yeah. I do want to say that might be one of my favorite episodes of this season, actually. Yeah, it's funny. Like, none of the other villains, I feel, give her as much issue as Luker did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, ironically, uh, he, he. I think he does show up a couple more times too. He kind of becomes a Draken he, fan. He's a, becomes a Draken fanboy for. No, no, no. That's not what it is. He's his. He's Draken's cellmate in prison. Oh yeah, and they become and so, buddies. Yeah, I remember that very clearly. Buddies, air quotes. I liked how it did a thing like that they do with Kim, which is you don't. In order to be good in at least this universe, you don't need all the fancy toys and stuff. You just got to be good. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I actually do have one more piece of trivia. Mm-hmm. Uh, the art director on this, yes. like the person who designed everything, 
Same person as uh, who did the work on Juniper Lee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that, but that makes sense. Yeah. It, you can tell when you look at their lips how they only have lipstick on like the top lip. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, the the both it and Juniper Lee have this very stylistic, very simplified <coughs> design for most of its characters. That was actually yeah, but- something I wanted to bring up. I really like the art direction in this show. I like I the too. simple shapes. I like the flat look to it that still yeah. has its own type of depth. It, yeah. yeah, pretty much every character has a really strong silhouette. Yeah. It, it kind of looks like the 1950s and 1999 at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I interrupted someone. Did you? I don't did you? I thought I thought someone was about to start speaking. I just kind of barreled no, no, on. No, 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 no. Nope. That's fine. Okay. Um. So funny, funny story. Me and KP actually watched a couple of these episodes together. Okay. We didn't talk of... about them during them. We just watched them together. Yeah. yeah. We made we made comments, obviously, but like we just watched them. It's kind of a, a fun. It was a fun time. Uh. We watched the episode with the prince oh, oh yeah. yeah the one where ron ends up dating a prince <laughs> trying to get <laughs> trying to get with the prince like keep made Listen, a joke about it. yeah go ahead i yeah i made a, an offhand joke like you can't date the prince and then every single scene afterwards made it more and more a thing yep mm-hmm. and it was like i was joking earlier but now <laughs> now i basically have to twist my head to not see it i think Sorry, go on. No, that was it. Okay. Um, I think both the prince and the king were voiced by Rob Paulson. Honey. No, 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 no. No? I'm, no. I'm wrong on that? No, they weren't. Okay. Rob okay. Paulson does show up in the show, though. He's a lot He's a lot of additional voices. I know yeah, ter- that. He's a lot of tertiary characters. Yeah. Like, uh, in the Frugal Oak episode, he was one of the, uh, the, the speedboater guys. Yeah. <laughs> but he's a bunch of characters in this show. Yeah. Because Rob Paulson is just one of those guys where, like, if he's there, he's probably, like, ten, uh, 10 fucking characters. He's <laughs> a titan. Him and Tara Strong are just... Yeah. Uh, I actually did mention this. Uh, what was... The other episode we watched was... Um, it we was watched... the one with the... Go ahead. No, we watched um, Gil and we watched the Babies. No, not Gil. It was the one with the cheese, wasn't it? Or was that a different one? We watched the Bebe's one. I remember that. We didn't watch the one with Gil. Oh, no, we just talked about Gil. We just talked about the... I also liked that episode a lot, the with Camp on a Weep. Yeah. Yeah, um, that that was a really good episode. Was it the one with the cheese? I think it was the one with it the might, cheese. The one with the cheese and the, the coat with Shigo? Taking the coat? No, I remember watching that one a lot. What was the other one we watched? I don't remember. It was I know the it was the babies. It was the prince, and I don't remember the other one. I don't remember which one it was. I mean, I remember all the episodes. I just don't remember what, what was the other one we watched together. Hmm. We'll figure it out. I'm sure. We'll figure we'll figure it out. But um, I really the th- the weird thing about the first season was that some of these episodes are clearly out of order. Yes, yeah. that I was going to say that because there's certain ones where uh, Barkin's hair is blonde instead of yeah. Brown. Yeah, early on in production, he was going to be a blonde, but then they changed it to yeah. brown hair. And like, there are definitely episodes where they where they established the thing in an earlier episode and said, "Wait a second, we can do a plot establishing that thing." 
Yeah, yeah. like all the stuff with Ron's Camp One on late flashbacks. <laughs> There's something about summer camp that just makes great stories. Yeah, because the, anytime something from Camp Wanaweep comes up, it's a good episode, and especially Gil. Gil's a very yeah. good episode. But even outside Kim Possible, when you look at like Goosebumps, the best Goosebumps books are like Camp Jelly Jam or the camp ones in general. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of The Mask. The Mask is pretty good. Uh... Um, the only one I remember. The only one I remember at all is the dog one. That's a weird one. It is a weird one. It's not really oh, scary yeah. either. Also Werewolf Fever. I remember that one. I like um, Camp Jelly Jam is probably my favorite, but I also remember, uh, sorry, Secret of the Ooze or whatever. Yeah. Monster like a, Blood. Oh, Monster yeah. Blood. Monster Blood. That's what. Yeah. Sorry. No, no. Uh, I, re- I remember one. I don't remember which one. It's not related to the camp thing, but I remember one where there was a whole conspiracy going on and the very last page had the dude while running away from something compelled felt himself compelled to sit down in the middle of the street when he looked below him he had laid an egg huh and that was the end of the episode of the book i also remember uh freaking um the one with the dad and the plant copy of the dad oh yeah um don't go in the basement don't own the basement and uh, the one. Oh no! Uh, I was just gonna say Dead Man's Float, but anyway. Mm. No, and the one where there's that magic clock and a dude erases his sister from existence. Oh, he Clock Tower because of Doom. She... Yeah, yeah, because she was a little demon. And then at the end of the book, he was like, "I might return her eventually." Welcome to Boost Gumps, our podcast within a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> there's. There's a really good podcast uh, that I like that just goes through the Goosebumps books. It's called uh, Goosebuds. That sounds fun. Yeah, it is. And they they also play with the format a little bit because it's limited. So they uh, they created a well. Okay, they got their editor who is a game designer mm-hmm. to uh, create a tabletop game. Oh, neat! Like an RPG game. It, it's based on another one. Okay, so, okay, the editor and the guy who did it, his name's Kevin Cole. Uh, at I can't remember the name of his company, but look up Space Kings. Uh, he and some other people created that game. Oh, yeah. And it's a modification of Space Kings to work with Goosebumps. Neat. Hmm. That's cool. And they'll also, uh, they'll, they'll do, like, collectively uh, the uh, Choose Your Own Adventure ones. Oh, cool. Where, like, one of them... There's three of them, and one of them will, like, game master it, and then the other two will make the decisions. Oh, that's kind of fun. Uh, but anyway, Kim Possible. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Kim Possible. Yes. Uh, uh, one of my notes is... Uh, I, 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 did, I gave this fun fact to KP, but all of the... Most of the energy effects in the show have the Kirby Crackle on them. Yes. Yes, they do. Which is, for those who don't know, uh, the Legend of Comics, Jack Kirby, <coughs> invented, invented this um, energy effect that's like 
black spots inside of a energy field and yeah. became known as the Kirby Crackle. And you see it a lot in like superhero stuff. Look at yep. like Silver Age Doctor Strange yeah. or Silver Surfer. Or if yeah. you want to watch this show, anytime she goes on screen. Anytime she goes yeah. on screen. Yeah. Or the 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 Dragon's goons use their electro shock things also have the Kirby Crackle on them too. Yep. Kind of a fun little detail that I never realized until now. Yep. It it's it's a really nice art choice. Yeah. I also can't believe uh every single major recurring villain shows up in this first season. Yeah. Every single one. Duff Killigan. No. Oh? Uh? Draken's brother. Oh, fucking Motorhead. It's his, yeah. his, it's his, it's his cousin, by the way. Cousin, sorry. Yeah, yeah Motorhead doesn't show up. Motorhead, he's the only one. Everybody else does. Monkey Fist, uh, Duff Killigan, Draken and Shigo, and uh, Frugal Lucre, and even Professor Dementor. Yeah. And um, Dean Amy. Oh yeah, Dean Amy. She only shows up one. Of, she only shows up one other time, which is kind of a shame. I like Dean. It is a shame because she's explicitly the reason why Monty Fisk is like that. Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. Oh. <laughs> like they don't bring oh. it up in his introductory episode that the reason he has monkey hands and feet is yeah. Dean Amy. That's really good. I forgot about that. That's I think just, it's brought it, up in one of the movies. It's no, it's brought up in the her second episode. Oh, yeah. Because she teams up with Draken and Draken uh, tries to hit on her and she's like, no, I have another love or <laughs> something along those lines. And then it cuts to Monty Fisk holding a picture of Dean Amy with one of his feet monkey hands. <laughs> uh, and Senior, Senior, Senior and Senior, Senior, Junior also. Yeah. Oh, I love them. I They're love really them. fun. They're really fun. I love I love them a lot for the very specific reason of they don't really care if they win or lose. They're yeah. having a hop. Well, okay, hold on. We're cutting up a little, so let's just take a moment. Hello? 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 Okay, good, we're back. Anyway, continue what you were saying, KP. Um, they don't really care. At least they did in the Revenge episode a little bit, but they never really care if they win or lose. They're just playing an elaborate game, like a hobby. It's right there in the first episode. Uh, yeah. He says, I need a new hobby. And it's in the Revenge episode. Where it's like, yeah, it's an unusual hobby, but it's mine. Yeah. 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 Also, Senior 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 gives me a uh, big roll of Julia vibes. Yeah. And also, what's the guy who played Khan in Star Trek? Ricardo Montalban. I was going to say... Ricardo Montalban, yeah. I get more Ricardo Montalban than... Uh, Raul Julia? Than Raul Julia. I kind of uh, get a fusion of both of them. Yeah, they're, they're supposed to be... Uh, or he's supposed to be a... Uh, charming, South American, rich yeah. guy. Oh, he's voiced by Ricardo Montalban. Oh well, that would explain why he's. Ex yeah. that would explain it. <laughs> that would explain why you get Ricardo Montalban, and it's just because yeah. he's voiced by Ricardo Montalban. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, I just Is liked it... that dynamic where he does not care to kill Kim or Ron, and even like in the um, the Pizza Potamus episode, the disco episode. 
the disco episode when uh they were like you can't just smash them you have to let them give them a chance to shimmy up the rope and do something heroic yeah that, that's just how these things are done. You have to put them in the death trap and let them escape and walk away. It's just how these things are done. And then you don't shoot them directly. You shoot near them so they can get out of the way. Junior, I have failed as a father if you don't get this. <laughs> how is your evil laugh going? <laughs> mm, I've heard better. I like Senior, Senior, Senior because he falls into that same level of supervillain as Boxman. Yeah, and, it's petty villainy. And it's not just petty villainy. It's for the sport of it. Yeah, he likes, the, the, to quote Boxman, I like the ebb and flow of classical villainy. You know, heroes and villains, the back and forth, you know, all that jazz. Yeah. Um, it's also Megamind. Yeah, Megamind. Yeah. We should talk about that movie at some point. I would love to. I love that movie. I watch it maybe twice a year. We should talk about it sometime. Maybe yes. with the tick, or with event uh, Incredibles. Yeah, it, there's there's some there's some space there for some I, theme the themed um, episode for sure. I think I'd rather do the Incredibles with the tick, mm. Mm. and because I would really like to do, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Megamind with later seasons of uh, Venture Brothers. <laughs> <coughs> when they start leaving the vent, the uh, the Johnny Quest stuff and getting more to the like the shield and superhero stuff, maybe we'll talk about it. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, the and also uh, I'm sorry. Also, just because of the Guild of Calamitous Attempt. Yeah, but the thing is, is when they when they I was gonna mention that the Guild of Calamitous Intent. It's like that whole thing also kind of reminds me of the vile stuff in. <laughs> Carmen, but anyway, we'll get into that later. Sorry. Anyway, um, what are my other notes? Uh, well, we can just keep talking about the villains because they're all great. Yeah, they're all great. Duff Killigan is way funnier than our. He's he's if um Glomgold's uh uh golf episode was just a character. Did you okay, KP? Yeah. Have you have you finished the first episode of this podcast? Yes, he has. Yes. Okay. Good. <laughs> now we have now we can finally talk about Glomgold doing the Shungokusatsu <laughs> listen Duff Killigan is if Glomgold were slightly more golf themed yeah of course it's which a, is a it's very good bit it's a wedge lasset it's got backspin <laughs> god um, that reminds me Mm-hmm. No, we'll get to that thing later. Um, I just like all the villains. Even DNA, even though DNA only shows up twice, she was a very strong villain in her appearance. She's a great idea for a villain. Yeah, and she because she doesn't think of herself as a villain. She's just out here making friends. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Uh, fun. Oh, you know what? You know, okay. You know what's a fun thing is um he only shows up in one episode of this, but he becomes more of a recurring character later. Is is Dementor? Yeah. Voiced yeah. by Patton Oswald. Yeah. It's wild. It's a very early role for him. I think the only other thing he'd been in at this point was uh well he'd been doing stand up for a while. He was probably in a sketch comedy troupe, but uh King yeah. of Queens. Oh yeah. I think one of my favorite jokes in the entire show comes from Dementor. 
and it's not in this season. Oh, I, I feel like it would be since we're talking. We've been talking about the cast a lot, and it just has been brought. Just for people who aren't aware, yes, Patrick Warburton is in this show. Yeah, Patrick yeah. Warburton is Mr. Barker, it's... and the the other standout um, uh, voice performance is Doctor Dragon, played by John DiMaggio. I just yeah. always feel like pointing out Patrick Warburton because he's very different characters, same exact voice every. Well, yeah, time. he's got a distinct. And it's very good every time. It's he's a distinct very. Voice. You hire him because you want that voice. But he can bring so much inflection to that voice that you don't like. Like you would never mistake Kronk for Mr. Barkin. No, but or they Brock also have Samson. The, yeah, or Brock Samson. It's always the same voice still. Yeah, with the one exception of that time he played Lemony Snicket. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and we mentioned that Nancy Cartwright is Rufus, the Moret. Yeah. And uh, oh yeah, Wade is played by Taj Maori. Yep, smart and guy. Monique is played by Raven, Raven Simone. Simone. You know, before she went crazy. Before she went yeah. crazy. Uh, I we thought she showed up in season two. Yeah, I forgot she just showed up at the end of season one because my yeah. kid brain thought certainly that wouldn't have been the same season. She shows that up in the. Uh, she shows up in the wrestling episode. Yeah, yep. but she does. Steel Toe versus Pain King. <laughs> I okay. I am so sad that Jackal didn't show up again because he was a very fun villain. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. more potential for that whole idea, honestly. Jackie, <laughs> Jackie Oaks. Yeah, Jackie Oaks, the Jackal. Um, but don't you worry, the furries still all over Jackal. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um okay you know what my this i'm i'm gonna go around the table what was your favorite joke from this season i already know mine i don't mind mm. i'll let you think about it my favorite joke was when dr possible told that story about giving the mouse a power suit that was really good. Um, <laughs> the, the delivery on it is just really fucking funny. Mine's also Mr. Uh, Dr. Possible. Uh-huh. Um, and it's the uh, candy is dandy, but fruit ah. helps you poop. <laughs> KP? Um, also related to James Possible, when... He when Doctor Draken goes back into the lobby moments before uh, Kim, Kim and the dad show up, steals the directory to figure out if the possibles are in fact related. Oh yeah, like possible is not a, is a very common name. No, it's not. No, it's not. Oh yeah, well, and then he goes and gets a fucking phone book. It's like I guess you're right. There's only one possible family in Middleton. But how was I supposed to know that, that she was that he was the daughter that she was the daughter of my art the father of my arts nemesis? <laughs> oh, another of uh, I, I honorable mention is, is I have a strict anti mind control clause in my yeah, contract. Anti cloning. Anti cloning clause in my contract. Yeah, that was it. I have to wonder, and this is getting into other seasons. I have to wonder if that's because of her uh, twin brothers. 
<laughs> Man, I don't even want to think about that. That's my favorite episode. That's I think one of, of the my entire series. I, I don't think none. Of, the, the thing is that this season isn't bad, but none of my favorite episodes are in it, except yeah. maybe, except maybe Camp Wanna Weep. I do like that episode. Yeah, Camp Wanna Weep is definitely one of my favorites. But just because of the world building of the uh, the team go, yeah, episode. Yeah. Also, Wanna Weep shows up twice more. Yeah. <laughs> It shows up again when Gil comes back, and then there's an episode where uh, Draken makes a weather machine. Yeah. Ha. And he's the snowmen come to life, and it's like, why? Oh, because he used the water from Camp Wanna Weave. I have one other thing to say about the show, mm-hmm. um, and it's my only complaint mm-hmm. is uh, I feel like The episode Sink or Swim should have come a little later. Because of how often they reference Wanna Weep? Not only that. Yeah, yeah. It's like I said, like, the these are clearly out of order. Yeah. It's just it's the second episode in mm-hmm. airing order. Obviously not production, but in airing order. And you go straight from the first episode establishing that. Kim's hyper-competent, and Ron's kind of hapless. Yeah. To Ron having to save the day. Yeah, and you needed more setup for this joke. It, it, it's not just a joke, though. It's also like it's his not the character jo- arc. Exactly. Character I don't... Arc, yes. that, yeah. Uh, I wasn't meaning it from a joke thing. I was meaning it more from... Okay. This show was... I remember the marketing for this show. I don't remember how... It was definitely geared towards girls. Yeah. Yeah. Um and you know like you know the girl power sort of stuff the third the... to quote the wiki article third wave feminism. Sure. I don't know enough. You're to... Buffy it's like the the wave of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and yeah. stuff like it. Stuff like e- it. Exactly. Yeah. Um and I feel like quite often in the show it's her getting rescued by Ron at the very last second. Yeah. Um, and like, there's nothing wrong with that. Cause everyone needs help. Like a lot of the times it's, you know, she's falling. She's not like a damsel. Yeah. But also at the same time, that's wedged into three different times where she saves him in the same episode. Exactly. And also usually she's but, the one who has the plan. Ron just needs to, do a thing yeah, and yeah. Also, as much as they make jokes about ron being what's the word he can't do anything ron hapless. is hapless is the perfect word ron has shown on multiple occasions that he is capable yeah definitely he is ron stoppable ron stoppable's superpower is that he is simultaneously super unlucky and super lucky yeah extreme luck good and bad it's just extreme it's just yeah. never the way he wants Exactly. It will reach a karmic zero eventually. Yeah. His good luck is he has super monkey powers. His bad luck is that he has super monkey powers. <laughs> His bad luck is he's super monkey. But that that hasn't that hasn't been brought up in, yet, just quite yet. Not yet. Also, you mean other than the episode that... where he got monkey ninjas? Yeah. God, I love that episode. <sighs> That's like the, the space boosters. Yeah, yeah. space Frederick. Yeah. Frederick friend yeah. with Ron. <laughs> Very cute. 
He got over his monkey phobia for the yeah, moment. I'm glad that episode felt like it was well placed because it, it his monkey phobia had been well established. I would have put Sink or Swim maybe two episodes before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have. Yeah. I liked the idea of Ron getting a dedicated villain in season one, though. I expected yeah. them to wait. And now multiple of them. Yeah, M- yeah. Monty Fisk is Ron is basically Ron's arch nemesis. And before that, we did get Gil, who, even though he's not the arch nemesis of Ron, cares way more about Ron than Kim. Yep. Yeah. He only shows up one other time, though, unfortunately. Really? Yep, only yeah. once. The one where Ron turns into a the Ron one where Ron turns into a beaver. Ha! Kim Possible's wild. <laughs> it's a good, good show. I like yeah. also that it's always a parody on like spy and superhero shows. It is very it, it wears its what it's trying to do on its sleeve very strongly. The global security lady episode <laughs> or whatever. I can't remember that, uh, that. that's that's the one with Duff Killigan. Yeah, yeah, she's right. um, yeah. commissioner director. director yeah, commissioner? she's very much Nick Fury. Yep. Or we find out. I guess Maria Hill is. Oh, both. So, person, but yeah. so my piece of trivia related to that episode. That was the episode when they established a character I thought could have been a recurring character. Will do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Turns out originally he was gonna be Kenneth Do, Ken Do, and he was gonna be a recurring character. To act as like a rival and foil to Kim, huh? Uh, and slash love interest. Oh. Well, I'm glad we got what we got in the end. I guess. Yeah. But we won't get too much into that until we talk about the other seasons I mean, at a yeah, later date. Good, yeah. we didn't get a sh- the shipping war version of Kim Possible, but also oh, like God. giving Kim a rival in the field might have been a, a would have brought a very different energy to the whole show. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm i not like saying if it's better or worse. Sort of, but she was like villain. I meant more like someone trying to save the day also. Yeah. But like getting in Kim's way would have been a neat dynamic to have. Yeah, I think that he could have shown up a couple more times, but the joke might have worn itself out. You know? Maybe. Uh, like the, this uh, is all hypothetical though so like this is, yeah this is all hypothetical the only other like super relevant thing that we find out on the season is that Ron is Jewish yeah well yeah yep which is uh, cool yeah it got mentioned in the first also... episode we watched together Kai uh, when he asked the lunch lady for kosher yeah I think that was like I thought it was like I think that might have been a joke but it's like it's fully confirmed in Ron oh. the man that yeah, he's that he's Jewish. I, give me one second. My dog's barking. Okay. He seems to have stopped. Okay. Anyway, go ahead, Laser. I feel like that first one where he just says, "Yeah, I called ahead and reserved the kosher meal." I, <laughs> I feel like that was more done as a gag. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it, even I'll admit, just it's always funny when someone Never asks mind, for the kosher it's... option. I can mute it in editing. In post? You can, okay. You can yeah. We'll fix it in post. Okay, yeah. great. Uh, asking for the kosher option is always a, just a quick, cheap laugh. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not a complaint on my part. I laugh at it every time. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. 
yeah, the I think it was originally a gag, and they were just like, oh, let's run with it. Let's make Ron Jewish, which is yeah. cool. Because yeah. like, this is one of those things where it's like, I one of my notes is, is we mentioned the feminist thing and like mm-hmm. the, the that it's like within that wave of feminism of like that with along with Buffy and that that era of feminism kind of like and then like apparently there's waves of it and that this mm-hmm. is from whatever the third part of third wave but it is kind of cool that during this time period the idea of an action comedy show star starring a female lead yeah is like there's no other one like it, uh, it, it kind of stands or there's very few it kind of stands out and like, i feel like not they, that all, was successful yeah yeah and then all the ones that like tried to become successful afterward were after yeah and this ran for a long time and it was very popular yeah. and it's it's nice that a show like this got to be popular i will say it's also neat how so kim and ron are both white but they have a lot of characters of color like in their or yeah, yeah, yeah. Wade, Monique, Wade, uh, Bonnie, kind of. Bon- Bonnie, Bonnie yeah. I think was meant to be because it's Bonnie Wheeler or whatever. Yeah, her mom. I think she, well. But the thing is, is well. goes to you, see her, you see her mom. She's and her she, mom she, does not read as. Uh, but we me. don't know. We don't know about her dad though. So yeah. she might be. Mixed. But like her sisters, both look white. They but they show up later. She also, probably just goes to a tanning joint. Also, there's a a kid that shows up in season two or three who is in a wheelchair. Yeah, he he's super. Oh, he's voiced by Frankie Muniz, isn't he? Yep, sure oh, is. Yep. Yeah, and he's a I semi. Think... He's a semi recurring character. Yeah, he's the valedictorian in the the last the the closing movie. Yeah. What I will say, I think is neat and laser me on this but um what i thought was neat about ron being jewish was normally in like shows on disney channel for this type of thing and nickelodeon when they do it it would show up like once as a side note in like the christmas episode and then they move on yeah yeah here it was like a whole episode but also ron being jewish comes up constantly yeah it's never like just oh oh he's jewish by the way and then they never mention it again you know, yeah. like that time they revealed Sam and Danny Phantom's Jewish, and then it didn't come up again. Yeah, Sam is. Yeah, yeah. Sam is Jewish. Oh, yeah. They hey. they did the thing I just said, where it came up in the Christmas episode, and never again, never oh. mentioned again. And it's weird because her family, in all of the regards, is meant to read as wasp. Yeah, yeah, they really are wasp. Well, okay. I have to say, there's a lot of waspy Jews out there. No, that's not. I'm just saying that's why it was always a weird choice. Yeah. No, mm. I'm just saying I know a lot of... Waspy Jews? Yeah. Mm. I, I I went to school with a lot of people who were like that. and Yeah. Mm. yeah. Nope. He's, I mean, yeah, you, you would know more than yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. But that's why... I. That's what I thought yeah. was neat with Ron, where they were like, "It's not a side thing. It's yeah, it it's part of his character. It it's yeah. nice." Uh, I remember I, I always get a kick out of it when a character is Jewish and they actually do something with it. But mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> isn't oh, there's one other? There was one other character that I remember 
from my childhood very vividly being Jewish, and I think it might have been Chucky and Charles were yes. Jewish. Nope, 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 nope. No, no, Tommy. no, no, no. Oh, no it was Tommy. Tommy was yeah. Jewish. Because half. they did the half. His half. mother was Jewish. His mother so and his... him Jewish. The mother's Sorry. side of the family was Jewish, yes. Which makes Tommy and Dill Jewish. Yeah, yeah you, and there was an episode thing... of... It was an episode of All Grown Up where they did a whole thing with this. But no, I mean, more than that, there was in Rugrats where they retell two. There two? was a Hanukkah episode, a Hanukkah special, and a Passover special. Nice, but anyway, I watched them both every. I think I have them on VHS actually. I remember vividly that scene in the Rugrats in the Hanukkah special where they made them all made all the babies sit in like and the listen. dark with the with the candles. Yeah. yeah. It was my first exposure to that story. Yeah. Was the the story of why they celebrated Hanukkah was was them was grandpa the other grandpa. Grandpa Boris. Yes. Grandpa Boris. Grandpa Boris. I always loved because he looked exactly like my grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded went... nothing like him, but looked just like him. Yeah, I use I think you mentioned that like Grandpa, you you said you mentioned him, and you mentioned um, when we talked. I think off this is off podcast. What we talked about American Tale. You talked yeah, about Fievel's um, Fievel's dad. My the only cartoon I ever watched that my dad liked was an American Tale because he related with Fievel, and he thought Fievel's dad was a lot like his dad. Yeah, I mean, huh. which is fair because that's it's intentional that they're supposed to be like heavily yeah. like uh, Cossack Jews, I believe. Russian Jews, not Cossack. Okay, there are yeah. no Cossack Jews. Okay, my mistake. Yeah, Cossacks uh, are in Russia responsible for the most Jewish deaths. So, oh, I see, I see. But yeah. there, and that that whole thing with the cats was supposed to represent that whole yeah. thing in the original American tale. Okay, yeah. More you know. Yep. The more you know. Um, we mentioned this off podcast, but maybe you said you wanted to talk about the Prince of Egypt for Passover. Maybe we could do that and American Tale. Um, it's up to you. No, if we're gonna do Prince of Egypt, I think I'd like to do the Rugrats Passover special. That's fine with me. Yeah, do two of the same story at once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. Uh, or we could save one for the next year. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. But anyway, uh, anything yeah. else we want to say about Kim before we take our another break? Um, uh, I do think uh, it would be remiss if we didn't talk about how many, you know, lesbians were awakened by Shigo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> we're all we're all men, right? Yes. Yes, I identify as a male. Okay. KP identifies as male. Okay, just just double checking. Yep. No, um, that's, don't mean. Yeah, you know what to say about assumptions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think we're equipped. We're not the right people to talk about it in depth. No, but... I just wanted to like bring it up because I remember that being yeah. when I was a kid, a huge thing was mm-hmm. everything oh, yeah. fanfiction.net no. on Kim Possible was Kim and Shigo. But, mm. I, I remember. Mm. Which, yes, is problematic uh, now, but it was a bunch of teenage girls discovering themselves. Yeah. Yes, yes. But anyway. There, there's some... Yeah. Uh, my best friends in the world are a pair of lesbians who are in a couple, or in a relationship with each other. And I remember one of them, maybe both of them, really... Like, neither of them are really big on cartoons. 
but I remember them talking about Kim Possible and specifically Shigo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shigo uh, continues a trend for me as one of a trend that I noticed as I got older. I mentioned <laughs> last episode, I mentioned Mirage from Aladdin. And here I'm talking about Shigo, and you can start to see a trend. Do you have the unfortunate trait of being attracted to lesbians? No, I have the okay. trait of being attracted to women who could probably kill me. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean that's just and I would and world. I would welcome it. It's <laughs> uh, really just any smart adult. Mm, the uh, or really strong women who are very tall or who could kill me or a combination of all. Yeah. And then when it comes to men, I'm not more picky, but you know, they, they but if they have... could kill you, it helps. Yeah. But if they could kill me, it would help if they have, if they're a big monster, man, it also helps as we discuss, or if they're monster like, as we discovered the venomous when we talked about, okay, KO. Yeah. But, but anyway, anyway, that's pretty much. I don't have much much to say myself. Yeah, I don't really got anything else to say. I've I've said my piece. Um. Oh, I do. The last thing I do, I liked how every every uh, member of the possible family is a pawn on impossible. Yeah. Yeah. So James, obviously for Jim, possible. Tim and Jim, possible. And Jim possible. possible. And, and possible. possible. <laughs> You know, yep. impossible. Yep. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh that that's season one of Kim Possible. Uh we are not doing a deep dive like we did on OKKO with this show, but when we we will eventually cover the remaining seasons. And uh I hope you'll come back when we do those, KP. Yeah, I'll we yeah, I would I would love to have you come back for when we talk about the season two of the next show we're about to talk about and more of this show. You yes. know, you just need KP for KP. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Uh, so anyway, we'll be back after a quick break. And uh, when we do, it's uh, we'll, we'll be globetrotting with Carmen San Diego. See you then. Now we're back on to our show. And welcome back to our second to last segment of the show. La Femme Rouge. La Femme Rouge. La Femme Rouge. Carmen San Diego. Where, Where in the world is in she? the world is Carmen, Carmen San Diego. Diego. All okay, right. okay, right okay, off the no, top. No, 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 wait. <laughs> yes? Before we get into it. Yes? Is this anyone else's first Carmen San Diego exposure? It is not. I watched um, the, the original cartoon bits, bits and pieces of it back in the day. I knew of Carmen Sandiego before, but this is the first like full media experience I had before then, before now. Well, before when I watched it. Okay. I only ever saw the game show. Mm. 
Mm. Uh, then in the, that was aired in the nineties. Um, so I never saw the original cartoon. I never played any of the Broderbund games. Broderbund. Um, it was Broderbund, right? Yep. Um, uh, yeah. So, brief history. This yeah. show is a Netflix reboot and reimagining of the adventures of the eponymous Carmen Sandiego, originally starting as a character in a series of edutainment games by Broderbund Games. The original game was released in 1985. Fucking wild. Mm-hmm. And spawned several games, two animated series, including this one, and two live-action trivia shows. So, big franchise, really. 35, 35 which, years around, well, which, is, which is wild. But it has dropped off the Earth periodically, which works. Yeah. <laughs> works, but now I it's don't, back, kind of. I don't think I heard anyone talk about it between 1999 and Mm -hmm. 2018 (laughs) yeah yeah even though they were releasing things in entertainment form but also that's a very niche demographic that parents will buy for regardless of who's on it yeah Yeah. when's the crossover with pajama sam (laughs) oh don't joke. I'd lo- I'd watch that actually. I would watch that too. All and fucking Spy Fox and uh fucking uh Putt Spy Putt work Math though. Blaster. Yeah. And uh Freddy Freddy Fish? Freddy Fish. Freddy Fish. It was I don't remember what the name of the franchise was, but it was another Broderbund game and I remember I don't like I don't remember what the cover of it was, but I remember like this like the title was like fifth grade adventures, fourth grade adventures. Mm-hmm. Does anyone else remember those? No. Uh, they were entertainment. It's like uh, something in the back of my brain, but it's not bringing up anything. They were edutainment games like these, but they were like adventure games mm-hmm. where you would like click to go to different maps and you click things on the maps and then you'd have to solve like puzzles and math and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would like to see that cross because it was a consistent. I think it was a consistent cast mm-hmm. uh, throughout the games in mm. different settings. I played two of them. I played fourth and fifth grade. So, um, yeah, I think that was a different company, not Broderbund. Yeah, wasn't Broderbund? Okay, um, look at Broderbund's Wikipedia. I mean, okay. per, I mean, Pajama Sam and those it's, guys are are also a different company. To be fair, humongous, yeah. humongous games. Uh, what uh, what I was gonna ask at the top earlier was, what is everybody's favorite version of the theme song? Because there's a lot of versions acapella. of this. The acapella version. The rockapella version. Yes. Rockapella. Sorry. Yeah, they did the game show. Yeah. The game show version. Laser. I I only know the where in the world is. Carmen San Diego. I the think that was the, the sh- cartoon. No, the one from the cartoon is Where is Carmen San Diego? Carmen San Diego, where is she? It was very operatic. That's oh. the one from the cartoon. The original, anyway. Mm. Rockapella will always be my favorite, but I do enjoy the one from the Netflix show. It is good. I just wish there was more of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have any trivia on this because KP decided to do a little extra homework, apparently. Not oh, right. not a whole lot, 
but there are certain characters that are direct references to other um, things. So yes. the ones that people would recognize from the original Where in the World's Carmen San Diego cartoon are Zack and Ivy. Mm-hmm. We're very different from the original versions because originally they are the main two characters of the cartoon on the trail of Carmen San Diego, uh, an older a sister and a younger brother. Um, and this, they're twins from Boston that are also thieves. Yep. And so oh, yeah, the- that's a wicked thing there. Eh? And the other, <laughs> and one of them was one of them was called Player, the girl, I think. Yeah. Um, I think it. No, 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 no. In the cartoon, Player was also a third unrelated character. Really? Are you sure? Yeah. Yes. I know that the head of Acme is the guy who sends them on their missions. He was like a floating yeah. head in the original cartoon. Yeah, yeah but yeah. But then they made her a sexy lady. Oh, they do that a lot. Well, let me get into it. Go ahead. So, Thief has uh, undergone a lot of things in the original um, games. Pretty much, and the cartoon, um, it's a dude. And in mm-hmm. the original games, it's just a dude who calls you. He ne- You never see him directly. There's like a couple other games where that's true. Then mm-hmm. the game show happened, and they got that chief. And she was so strong of a chief, so good, mm-hmm. that every chief afterwards was based on her. It, to the point where one of these games, when the chief shows up, it's also directly based on her. Yeah. The but, chief... um, yeah, sorry. Oh, let's finish. No, you can finish. I was just going to say that she reminds me, not in terms of personality, but she has the same energy as Amanda Waller. Yeah. From DC. But anyway, go ahead, Kippy. Mm. Um, well, you'll notice it specifically in the way the chief talks. She's very. She's a very distinctive way of talking. Like they've engineered everything from uh, stock market crashes to the contamination of cheese, mm-hmm. which is very reminiscent of the original talking style, like the spe- style of speech and cadence of the game show. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's less important than Chase Devino, <laughs> La Famouche, who is so different in the games he's for- so. He is from two Carmen Sandiego games. Carmen Sandiego Word Detective and Carmen Sandiego Math Detective. Now you may be asking yourself, was that a jab Julia said when she said, told uh, Chase Devino she was no math detective? Yes, it was. Nice. <laughs> it was a jab directed at Chase Devino because one of his game By the writers, not by Julia. I Julia appreciate never. this reference. Um... Julia would never, but uh, it's a jab by the writers uh, because one of the two games is from Math Detective. Mm-hmm. The two games, Chase Devino was actually originally from America. He's not originally French. He just has a French name. Yeah, he's this redheaded, like V-shaped dude who's like a standard agent. Hold on, hold on, you're cutting up a little. Okay. Yeah, we need to wait a second. Hello. How well? Okay, let's go. Continue. Okay, so Chase Devino was, and I'm putting this image just for your guys' benefit, uh, but he's like this V-shaped standard secret agent with red hair, like wow. gray streaks in it, who is just a secret agent helping the player through what he's doing, what they're doing. Mm-hmm. He has three important characteristics beyond being one of Carmen Sandiego's former partners for this mini-series. He because in all series Carmen used to be an Acme agent, defected, became a thief until 2019. 
In this one, her partner used to be Chase Devineau. Um, Chase Devineau has three important things about him. He has a falcon named Phoenix. Nice. Hell Just yeah. As, who is not relevant. And you think he, fal- the Phoenix would be used for finding things. Or like yeah. referenced at all. He's referenced once because he found one thing one time in a random email he sends you. <laughs> huh. And that's it. But Phoenix is still there, just around. Weird. He also has two major gadgets. Um, he has a trench coat that turns into a hang glider. Hmm. And he has a uh, little rebreather uh, that he uh, holds in his mouth when he needs to go underwater. Wonder what that the the, the, the hang glider? glider? Yeah, the hang glider is yeah. That's a little. I think Carmen gets and uses. For the first time, right in front of him, another jab at Chase Devino. And she also uses it in the original cartoon, too. A lot. Yeah, but like, yeah, but it was, uh, Chase Devino also had it as an Acme agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. The plot of these two games are wild, also. Word Detective was about Carmen had built a tower in the middle of the desert called the Tower of Babel Dash of co- On. Of course. And inside the tower of Babylon is the Babylon machine, which uh, removes your ability of speech. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) So the whole word detective thing is you need to go around solving word puzzles because all the Acme uh, people that have been to the tower aren't able to speak to you anymore. Their words are jumbled up. Oh, that's great. And then you, so you go around to all of her like little other um agents the agents of vile picking up keys and freeing the agent um and then there's and in that you play a someone called agent 13 because you are the 13th agent to get into the tower of babylon Mm -hmm. in math detective it's less fun and more standard carmen which is still fun but different carmen's found a way to uh use the Use the machine called the Quantum Crystallizer Machine to shrink 12 landmarks around the world into crystals. Hmm. You, playing Agent 9, a different Agent 9 than last game, but Agent 9, uh, have to find all the crystals, release the landmarks, and solve various math puzzles around. Find the There's four legendary weird... crystals and, and, and become the Hero of Light. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The weird thing is that there also, there's also a weird through plot between the two games, despite not being connected at all. Mm-hmm. Where Chase Devino and uh, Carmen San Diego, their last mission before they before Carmen split was to find something called the Prometheus Rock, hmm. uh, which is a meteorite that an ancient civilization found and is filled with magic power. Of course, it is. Oh, and I know that the uh, Devino's partner in this show was also had her own game, right? Or... Yeah, two, two games. Okay. So Treasures of Knowledge was a CD-ROM game. It's a standard uh, Carmen Sandio point-click adventure game. You go to a place, uh, you find things, you go to the next place until you find where Carmen stashed the loot. Pretty mm-hmm. standard. I could not watch very much of it because it was uh, a disaster of Flash animation. <laughs> oh. But Julia, weirdly... So take our Julia. Sweet, innocent Julia. Make her... Uh, 200% more confident and done with everyone. Good. Great. And that's who this Julia is. Oh, I like she this still, Julia. She still loves history. She still loves spouting out use, uh, random facts. She still loves uh, being smarter than everyone else. She likes 
practicality. She's like, mm-hmm. I don't care about all your gadgets. I travel light. Mm-hmm. To her partner in these two games, uh, Shadow Hawkins. Hmm. Hmm. Which is a wild name for someone to have. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, Julia also still has her nickname Jules, which was her nick her the nickname Carmen still has for her and had when they were partners. Hmm. And she and called her that in this show too. Yes. Yeah. But that's just a standard nickname for Julia. But that's true. more importantly, their energy in this is that of like a jilted ex who thinks they might still work. Nice. That is their nice. whole energy the entire time they interact. It's very nice, funny. Nice. Nice, nice. So, nice. and then see the other game she's in. It is in the only game in the franchise that I think is not an edutainment game. It's just an entertainment game. Hmm. Carmen San Diego, the secret of the stolen drum. It was hmm. for get this Xbox, PlayStation Two, and GameCube. Wild! <laughs> wow! <laughs> you play a kid named Cole Gannon who is a 17-year-old ACME agent who's an expert in martial arts and has been trained to be an ACME agent after school. You know how it is with school. Yeah. As, you do. As you do. A teenager, his... with, a, a teenager with attitude. You know, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's a work-study program. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he has been... He's going on his first uh, mission uh, where he found out where Carmen was when he was decoding some logs for ACME and is chasing after Carmen by himself because everyone else is busy uh, chasing one of Carmen's red herrings out in Siberia. Hmm. And he tells the chief this, and chief's like, then we'll wait till we get actual agents. He's like, no, I have eyes on Carmen. I'm going after her. And so that's what he does. The whole game is goes after Carmen with the help of Julia Argent and Shadow Hawkins, who Hmm. act closer to Chase Devino and the other two games where they're your mission control. You're he- they're helping you out. They're giving you hints and clues. They are helping decode clues that Cole's too stupid slash dense to figure out. Got it. Nice. Um, then the whole plot of that game is that the stolen drums are part of... Uh, the skin on the drums leads to a map, which leads to a diamond with great magic power. The diamond, however, is guarded by four elemental spirits. Of course it is. Of course. <laughs> of course it is. It plays okay. like a weird stealth uh, platformer adventure game. So okay. you have a bo- kind of like um, Star Fox Adventures, where you have like a bow staff and hey. hit robots. So, moving on to the actual show, but that was well, a. I know I asked. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, no, that, that was a lot. That was a lot, KP. Yeah, Sorry. that that was. I, no, 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 that was don't, good. That was good. <laughs> don't apologize. That was. Don't apologize for that. I just. I wasn't. I was expecting yeah, all of that. It was. A wild time watching them. They were boor- Don't get me wrong. Very boring because it's an entertainment game, mostly focused on and yeah. uh, education. But very fun time. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, you know what I feel like would be an appropriate crossover for this now? Actually, mm. loop in the third. Well, yeah, that's not what I was going to say though. <laughs> well, uh, I, I was going to say Tomb Raider. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, Lara Croft and Carmen Sandiego. Yeah. Two completely different target demos, but would love each other. Indiana, oh, J- Indiana oh Jones is there. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Drake. Want... Mm. Now I want Tomb Raider edutainment games. Honestly, fun. they would be kind of cool. I would, would love to learn about ancient better, history. It would be better than the current Tomb Raider games. That That's not saying a lot. 
I like the first two. I haven't played the third. I like Tomb Raider I like, and Rise of the Tomb Raider. I, I like Shadow. The first Tomb Raider, if I don't think about it too hard. Well, yeah, I never think about it too hard. <laughs> Val- <laughs> yep, valid. Speaking of Lupin, one of my notes for this show is big, gigantic Lupin vibes for the whole thing with Devino ha! and Carmen. Yeah. Zenigata and Lupin. Yeah. It's... He's just Zenigata. Zenigata. Just the, just the silly parts of Zenigata. None of the competence. Yeah. yeah. Zenigata is way more competent than you would think. Chase, on the other hand, is not. No. If you, you combine are... Chase and Julia into one person, you, you get Zenigata. Zenigata. Yep. 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 <laughs> Leaning slightly more towards Chase, but still competent. Yeah. The only reason Zenigata never catches Lupin is because Lupin is just that good. Zenigata is completely competent. Yeah. Anyone else, and he'd, he'd have a perfect record, but it's just Lupin, man. Mm-hmm. But Chase, uh, I don't know how he's an Interpol. Listen, I'm not saying it was Carmen Sandiego, but it was Carmen Sandiego. <laughs> Insert yeah. that the alien guy. Oh, yeah. Ancient yeah. alien <laughs> meme here. With Chase Devino. <laughs> like, that's his whole shtick in this entire season is. Yeah. No, it was Carmen the whole time, I'm telling you. I do like... like I did, did like... You... At, Go ahead. No. I liked at the end of the series where he did start realizing how he's, his behavior was affecting Jules. Look at you. You are a fool, and he's talking to the mirror. Yeah. A foolish... Like, you have... She is You're a friend only... to help. You are only good for wrecking company property and yelling at your partner. And then he kind of backpedals on it. It's like, just because she is foolish, she's a little misguided. It's, it's like, alright, well, you, you you were halfway there. But he did say he was going to be nicer to her and get her pastries. It's true. Until he got brain scrambled. Until yeah. he got brain scrambled. Which, by the way, like... I'm part of me wonders if that's also a reference to the Babylon machine. Hmm? From his maybe. first game, Could you know. Oh, maybe. Oh, I, that's I, why I wanted to bring up the stolen drums. If we get another reference to one of the games, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw Cole Gannon at some point. Anyway, I actually wanted to ask a question about that, about yeah. whether anyone like like Le Chavre or uh... no, no, none of the they other are... thieves. No, that's the weird thing is that they don't. The new show didn't use any of the old vile agents there because old vile agents are not, we're all a dime a dozen. That was the point of them. Yeah. You had a pun name, a concept, and then you moved on. Okay. So, like, the, like um, Countess Cleo is a reference vaguely to the Contessa, who was a long standing vile agent. Or mm-hmm. um, Sarah Bellum is a reference to every mad scientist that has ever worked for Carmen in the original franchise. Yeah. And of course, you have the pun. Yeah. Could Shadow Sen be a reference to uh, Shadow Hawkins? Shadow, oh, uh, Shadow Hawkins is uh, a newbie uh, Acme agent oh, back in his game, right. where he's obsessed with the gadgets they use. That's his whole deal. Got it. Yeah. Um, so, like, the name prevents him from showing up ever, unless they just name someone Hawkins. Mm. But you know how we talked about the strong silhouette and art style of Kim Possible. I think mm-hmm. this is another show. That yeah, every it's all about the silhouette and the strong striking, especially Carmen. Like her silhouette is yeah strong. 
And everyone has very strong color palettes, very strong theming. Yes, the the honest the first like this is uh, not a lot of people give this enough credit to animated shows or shows in general for this sort of thing. But the use of lighting is yeah. very very uh, good. I remember I got to the Australia episode and they were showed that scene driving down the outback with like the mirages and everything, and I was like, ah, uh, this is this is the this is the good shit. Yeah, lots of strong shadows and lots of really great use of very simple flat uh, colors and striking uh, silhouettes and designs just all over the place in this show. I remember when I first saw the production art for this show, I was worried about how well it would animate because every because like it all looks great in stills. And I'm like, but like this looks like it's just. A, a fa- like a thing you would draw, not a thing you'd animate. It, but it yeah. animates really well. It kind of has that like Art Deco look, or like yes. the um, like you know the the way it looks in, during the credit sequences for the uh, Incredibles movies, mm-hmm. where they're not really like super animated, but it's Stylized. very strong mm-hmm. shapes and the striking contrast colors, and yeah, it, it mm-hmm. looks like that, but. And I will say, I think at certain times the animation does look a little, mm, but I think ninety nine percent of the time it's really fucking good. Yeah, yeah. especially in the opening. Yeah. yeah. The the way the 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 um the flow from a visual standpoint, the I flow kinda, of the opening is great. I almost wish the opening just remained in black and white with Carmen's red on it the whole time. Mm, yeah, that it worked. The, it worked the way it did, like the way it does, very well. Mm-hmm. But it also would have been strong to stick to that limited color palette for the whole opening. Yeah. A- apparently, there was during production there was a like color theming was supposed to be a big thing in the show. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and that's even brought up by Zach in the second, third episode. Third episode when Carmen's like, uh, "Green, bad, red, good." He's like, "Of course it is." Yeah, basically. <laughs> have you green looked bad. at us? Yeah, green, bad, red, good. That's like one of the big color themes of this show. Is Vile is green, Carmen, and all of her gadgets are red. And all of her friends. And all of her friends are red. Or they have some element of red. Player has a lot of red in his lair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach and Ivy are red heads. Mm-hmm. Also, he's wearing a red Sox jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the red car, the red yeah. drone. Yeah. yeah. I uh, mentioned this to KP, and he immediately agreed with me. Was like, I got super big gay vibes from ah. Lashev and El Toto. Literally everyone yeah. has said that about Lashev and El Topo, and it's because it's true and valid. And it was further like cemented <laughs> when freaking Doctor Cerebellum Cerebellum was asking about like, did you see the boy El Toto? He's fine. Not your boy. The boy. No, no, it was like, my dear boy is what she said. And yeah, then... not your dear boy. My dear boy. Gray. It's like, yep, alright. It was all but explicitly stated, and it's very good. Mm-hmm. Now we just need to get it explicitly stated. Yeah. Um... Yeah. And I always, this is just me speaking though, I've been really hoping they, if they decide to do a love interest route for Zach, they probably will. I know how this kind of show goes. Part of me is like, could it just not be a girl though? 
Yeah, well. Because he doesn't read like that to me, but also that I'm just me and projecting. Yeah, well, you know, we always... Ivy doesn't read us straight, though. Nope. No. Neither does Jules. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of lesbian energy between her and Carmen. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think out of the entire cast, Zach's the only one that I do read as straight. Hmm. Not Chase? Uh, Chase, too, yeah. Chase and Mind Bomb. Well, I mean... Mind Bomb. bomb. Anyway, we're getting... Yeah, you know. But... uh, Zach, I can see why you would. Mm -hmm. Zach just reminds me of too many guys I knew who were Mm. just like the... You know, just kind of the the blustery braggart uh, Boston tough guy. I mean, I don't, I don't think I've ever actually met anyone from Boston, but okay, but northeastern. You have to understand, this is me who wanted that to be true back then as well when I knew these kinds of people. Fair mm-hmm. enough. I I <laughs> I I do understand that. I'm just saying. So him we... and Chase are the only two I think I... are. Not it's weird the show. fandom i know we don't talk about fandom on this show but yeah, because it's fandom. now come up the weird thing is the popular pairing with zach is with dash haber oh the fucking the the guy who was part of the countess cleo's deal yeah i mean that's wild i get why but it's uh-huh. wild to me because i hate him i mean fair that's such a it's because they don't have a lot of choices with Zach, and Grace yeah. kind of caught up being yeah. shipped with Carmen. The one I saw a lot was with Jules and Carmen. That is the valid one. Yeah. I saw that a lot. Like, I, I haven't before, seen a lot I, even of... bef- before I watched this show. I haven't seen a lot of Carmen with Tigress, though, which is interesting. Uh... Yeah, they, they kind of... Ha- yeah, they have rival energy. Yeah, yeah but it hasn't... I think because Tigris isn't likable. <laughs> yeah. Um, like on it, purpose, though. Yeah. Both it, her purpose and the writers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's the... It, it's the same... It's the other coin of Kim and Shigo. Where yeah. Shigo's likable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking and, of Tigris... Yeah. She's one of the people I immediately recognized. Wow. Freaking Carrie Walgren. Yeah. Who voiced a lot of fucking people that you might? She's the voice she... of Haruka and Fully Cooley. Mm. Uh, she was Fu in Samurai Shampoo, which we talked about yep. previously. Uh, she's also she's with, Zatanna in DC Superhero Girls. She played Nova in Super Robot Monkey Team. Yeah. Oh. And she yeah. was uh, in Blood Plus, Witch Hunter Robin. She's been in a lot of stuff. Dorara, Final Fantasy, uh, Final Fantasy Twelve, uh, blah 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 blah. The list goes on. She's been in a lot of stuff. Yep. And also, the other person I recognized was the voice of Coach Brunt, uh, Mary Elizabeth McGlynn. Hmm. Uh, yep. you, you might know her, or one of her current roles is uh, Dr. Mah- um, Maheshwaran. Uh, Maheshwaran. Maheshwaran. Connie's mom. Maheshwaran. Maheshwaran. She, but she was also Makoto Kusanagi in Standalone Complex. Mm. And she was a couple of voices in both Digimon Tamers and Frontier. She's been in a oh. lot of other stuff, but those are the things I recognized her from. 
interesting because I was about to say Coach Brunt and Dr. Mahes Warren have so opposite vibes. That's wild to me. Despite mm-hmm. also both being moms. Yeah. Big Texan mom. Freaking coach. Even though we at the end of the season that really got hammered home that she got rid of that mom energy real quick. You know That's who else Mary uh-huh. Elizabeth McLinn is? Who? Oh. Dynamite Watkins. Dynamite Watkins. I'm also, listening. Uh, also, Miss Quantum. Oh, yeah. And, uh, okay, show. KO. Yeah. I liked, I did like that thing with um, Coach Brunt and Shadowson where they were the two, um, the two vile agents who never had a plan for Carmen to foil the whole season. Yeah. And then yeah. at the end, they were the one. And they also had the most personal connection mm-hmm. with her. Which is kind of fun. And it was a whole running theme for both of them was this fact that like mm-hmm. they didn't they were less the even though Shadow San was a, a jerk, he never was like overtly evil yeah. at any point. Neither was Coach Brunt, even though she was implied to be like, you know, big bruiser thug lady. Yeah, which which was proven in that last episode of the season where she basically both... almost almost killed her. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but like she still had a very weird mom energy. The like that's what I like about Coach Front. They could have just been like, "Ha ha! Look at this big mean lady!" Like they yeah. do, like you do in a lot of cartoons. But she has a lot going on with just her. Mm-hmm. She is soft, but that softness is n- like for Carmen. That softness is not a weakness. I did really like that scene where we saw little Carmen running away and Coach Brunt punched the shit out of that guy. <laughs> and she was just like, here, let's go get you some lunch. It's very <laughs> cute. Um, the other person that is immediately recognizable in the guy who plays Mal- Professor Maelstrom. <laughs> Liam O'Brien. Liam O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> the man's everywhere. Yeah. He's a Sura. He escape him. He's a Sura. He's in a lot of shit. Yeah. I Oh, he's also in DC Superhero Girls. He's General Zod. Of course he is. The he, man is in everything. He's like Matt Mercer or Nolan North or Steve Blum. Yeah. You know, he gets a lot of work. He He did the voice of Dan Moroboshi in Ultraman. Yep. They okay. did a dub of Ultraman for four kids. Yeah. Dan, yep. They that, did the dub okay. of Ultraman Taiga. There was Wild. A, there was a dub for Ultraman. Okay, no. Here you want to hear fun fact. So in the four in the Kirby show, Kirby right back at you. There's an mm-hmm. Ultraman joke, and the joke is is that like four <coughs> kids went through all the trouble of dubbing Ultraman Taiga to make to explain the joke in Kirby about the Ultraman joke. <laughs> Oh, that's very good. Uh, a lot of commitment to a bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a, a very bad four kids dub of Ultraman Taiga. Uh, I mean, is there a good four kids dub? I, here's the thing about four kids. The direction is bad, but the voices are good. Fair. I think the original Pokemon run was yeah. pretty good. Yeah, Besides the Jelly Donuts. Jelly donuts and other things. No, I'm yeah. I I'm still upset about you know One Piece and Tokyo Mew Mew. Gotta yeah. go, gotta go. <laughs> I also like uh, I th- I think they did pretty good with the first few seasons of uh, Yu Gi Oh. 
Didn't yeah. they do? Sh- didn't they try to do the Shaman King for a hot minute? Uh, yeah. That was no Saban did no? that. Oh, that that's oh. right. Saban did that. Uh, Saban. But it it also aired on Fox Kids though. Mm. Yeah, Sab- that that was Saban. Yeah, wild. But Four Kids stuff was also airing alongside <laughs> it when it transitioned from Fox Kids to Fox Box. Yeah, I don't know. Got it. Yeah, you're right. Um, I, I know my animation blocks. No, here's the thing about okay. I'm just, this is a sidebar to One Piece that Four Kids dub. I like all of the voice choices. It was just the direction and everything else. Mm-hmm. I yeah. will say I liked Sanji as much as the nasally bit of it was annoying at the time. I liked his stupid accent on Sanji. Yeah, I and I miss liked- it. Every time I watch an English dub, one piece. I I actually really liked Luffy, and I really like Zoro and Usopp. Usopp honestly was one of my favorite choices that they had on the kids dub. I listen. I love Stunny Straight, but he's not the like he's a good Usopp, but I don't think he's quite right. <laughs> and then a uh, freaking um, I love Chris Sabat, but I don't think he's the right choice for Zoro either. No, as funny as he is as Zoro. There's a there's a, he's a lot of really great delivery, but I don't think he's quite right for the role. What do you picture Zoro sounding like? Because I picture just sort of like a a Nick Offerman. Maybe. Wait. wait anyway. 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 We're we can talk we about this another time. Weird off track. Yeah. Uh, Carmen San Diego. Yeah. The person I did kind of recognize also was the guy who plays Shadow Son, and I looked it up, mm-hmm. and it's Mr. Paul Nakayuchi. Who is the voice of uh, Hanzo in Overwatch? Oh, uh, he's done other stuff, but that's the. I was like, where have I heard this guy's voice before? Yeah, where I heard it. He's done other stuff. He's done other things. Like he's been on like he's been tertiary voices on like Scooby Doo and Avatar, and but like that was the thing. I was like, I know he's a character or something, and that was that was what I recognized him from. He was in the uh, Game of Thrones Telltale game. Oh yeah. It is oh, yeah. nice that the Japanese character is actually being played by a Japanese man. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like He's... how Carmen is actually being played by a Hispanic woman. Yeah. Carmen being Hispanic is also a good choice, but not like integral to her original character for some reason. No, it is not. But I like that they did it considering her name is very Hispanic sounding. Well, yeah. it is also a city. It is yeah. also a city. San Diego. It's an interesting uh, workaround where, not really a workaround, it, it's an interesting dynamic where she's Argentinian, she's Latina, but she was found on the streets of Argentina. Shadow Sun confirmed that. Mm-hmm. Well, but we don't know if she was born there. Yeah, we don't okay. know yet that. We don't know that yet. We don't know the whole, I'm very curious what the whole thing was, though. Okay. Also, her one possession point, was from Russia. That's true. Yeah. The, the point I was trying to make is that she was raised outside of her culture, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she was raised in a, I mean, a thieves' culture. Not like it. It's a multicultural setting, but it's mm-hmm. at a basically a college for thieves. Yeah. I did enjoy the reference that is only mentioned once. But when Carmen is telling the story about her origin thing to to Gray, mm-hmm. she she was talking about how like I watching the people go, and she mentions that the 
the number that she mentions the candidates who can make it out every year is always 40. She might have been rounding up or down. No, no, because it's the 40 thieves, uh, you know, Arabian Nights. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. Sorry. Yeah, it's, that was and that's and that's the joke or the reference. I mm. And I enjoyed that small reference to that. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> I guess I was the only one who noticed. Yeah, but it's fine. Um. I same flashback. I liked the joke that Sarah Bellum did, which is where they were talking. About, I don't know how a piece of outside of vile technology, like our Booker's technology, got into her hands. In the- I yeah. don't know how she stole it and didn't turn it in for extra credit. <laughs> yeah, because she was like, I'm, "We're not upset she stole it. We're upset she didn't turn it in." Well, yeah, of course, for extra credit. They're thieves. <laughs> <laughs> they're like we were impressed <laughs> yeah i i did enjoy my favorite i think one of my favorite things was that because for the most of this season she had been dealing with her fellow classmates other mm-hmm. students but then at the end it was sort of like we really got to see the difference between her and the leaders of vile yeah mm-hmm. like she stood no chance against brunt well against all. the ones who are combat ready well we don't know what the other ones can do either yeah but she there's listen countess cleo very very good at like the political she she does not stand a chance in a fight we don't know that you're you're right we don't i would highly doubt it given what she's we know bellum is probably going to pull out some sort of like robot shit oh absolutely she has a robot suit somewhere i think if countess cleo was going to do anything it would be fencing it just makes yeah. sense with the aristocratic. Or, or hear me out. Mm-hmm. Um, if we start doing magic on this show, like happens in Carmen, that would be cool. If she was like a sorceress. Well, yeah, like she has some sort cool. of magic amulet somewhere. Yeah, that yeah. would be cool. That would be cool. I really want to know who's. Sub- I really want to know since we know Shadow Son kind of defected. One, I'm looking forward to the inevitable interactions between him outside of being a vile member mm-hmm. with him with Carmen and them later and I'm also looking forward to who are they going to get to replace him as a vile leader yeah as a vile leader because you got to got it you got to have you know it's sort of like you there always has to be seven warlords of the sea mm-hmm. you know who, who are they going to get to replace five. and also think- because they need at least one more to end tie votes that's why Sarah yeah. was important mm-hmm. why wouldn't it just be origami Oh, you mean paper star? Paper star. Barely graduated. She barely graduated. She graduated like a year ago. I could see her strong arming her way in, though. Yeah, but yeah, but like that would be weird for her plot to do that now. Maybe like in three seasons. Yeah, maybe. Also, big jury Han energy. Yeah, yeah. Paper star is one of those characters who you see a lot of fan art of because she's a very strong character. She's a great design. She does. It's like you combined the uh, you combined Jury Han with uh, what was her fucking name from Kill Bill, the psychotic high school. Oh, I know, girl. I know exactly who you mean. Yeah, the high cut, the psychotic high school girl. Yeah, the mace. That, I liked. Yeah, I also liked how her whole thing was like foreshadowed back when they started learning origami and like mm-hmm. used the origami thing multiple times, yep, and then yeah. like she comes out and it's like, oh, you thought this origami thing was just a visual metaphor. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I do have to make a paper tiger joke, though. 
<laughs> oh man, and we also get um man. I hope this gets resolved. I mean, I'm sure, but it's like I there was there was very much leaning towards Acme like trying to like figure out because figuring out that Carmen might have been on vile not been on vile side, but then it just sort of is immediately ruined and like unintentionally yeah. by Chase. Yeah, that, but like it it was important to Vile that they are eventually actively against Carmen because that's the setup. Yeah. That's fair. Also, they don't like the Chiefs, like Julia said, they don't know one way or the other. Still. Yeah, it's it's true. And you know, the circumstantial evidence seems to lead to Which I don't know how much Chase will remember, but de Carmen definitely said, I'm here to get you out of here. Yeah, his brain was scrambled though. To be fair, yeah. um, I also never—I never would have called the Shadow Son thing about <laughs> him being the one who found her, though. At the end, I, I think I realized it when she sent when he sent Tigress. Hmm, because that was a bad choice, and it also made me think about that thing that wasn't explained in the backstory of someone cut the line to the helicopter, and Karma didn't have time for that. Yeah, yeah, you're and right. Someone had to go yeah. cut it. Um, and I remember when I got back to that, I was like, "Someone's gonna watch the show and ask me about it." And all, all I'm going to be able to tell them is it gets explained. Mm -hmm. I, I, the shadow sun thing didn't catch me on the words. Mm -hmm. Um, it. He 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 fits a trope of yeah. uh yeah the the stern parent being the the stern one being the really caring one and yeah you're right um the coddling one not actually looking out for your best interests but the best interests of the organization yeah. rather yeah true enough um I I didn't picture him be, I th I was. I didn't think he was the one who found her, but I did call him uh, defecting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think because, let's be real, the only person who actually cares who found her was Carmen. Yeah. yeah even that, it was, just, it was just important to her in the sense of her overall story. She's like, yeah. it doesn't mean they love, it just means they found me. Yeah. Yeah. And also, it's heavily for, kind of foreshadowed, pun not, pun not intended, <laughs> uh, in the episode itself when she says, "You were the one who found me," and Coach Brunt is like, "You, that's not a, that's not a rocky one overturn." Yeah, you know. And my my running theory right now is that Carmen's parents were also involved in trying to were were either defects or they were trying to stop Vile in some way and were killed, or. It, well, here's the problem: is Shadow Son, released as far as you know, would have no reason to lie to Carmen now. Mm -hmm. He when didn't lie technically; he just lied by omission. Well, he he said he found her on the side of a road. Like that's what they know. Mm -hmm. There would, and she has the Russian nesting dolls. They wouldn't have let her keep those if they mm -hmm. were an actual link to, I don't know, people who were out to get vile. Yeah, you're right. I I think that's it. They probably ran a background check later, and that's why they know. Anyway, yeah, I think I'm sorry. I just need to. 
what is it? What was I gonna say? Take your time. I'll cut this down in editing. I'm sorry. I no, I had. You're fine. Yeah. What was it about? Sometime brain bad. It it was related to what we were just speaking. It it was my take on it. Um, oh yes. Okay. Uh. Okay. Yeah. I think. Well, okay. Here, here's what I would like it to be. Mm -hmm. Mostly because I'm still kind of burnt on Star Wars at the moment. <laughs> um, I'd like it if her parents were inconsequential to the overall plot. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. I, I still want her to be able to find them because that's important oh, yes. to her. Yeah, but yes. I want her yeah. to find them and then it becomes a thing of like, do I want to go to a normal life? Yeah, totally. That well, not that's even, exactly. Except there's also the problem of why did they leave a baby on the side of a which yeah. were the only the only quote unquote positive way to find this is when she finds her parents. It's at a cemetery. Yeah, yeah. But then like, she could find I, her living relatives, and that brings up the question of: Do I want to go find them, live a normal life with my past, or do I want to mm -hmm. finish the work I've started? Yeah. What I kind think. Of, Sorry, go on. I was just going to, it kind of ties back to that episode with Grey, where she was like, if that were true, it would kind of continue that trend of like, these people, if they have Carmen San Diego in their life, their mm. life, their lives won't be normal. So it's sort of like she's having this really tough time with it. If that, yeah. if that's the plot that they're going to follow anyway. And which will eventually, let's be real, end up getting player in trouble. Player yeah. is eventually going, player is going to get captured in one of these seasons. He is going to get kidnapped and that's going to be a juicy juicy plot line that will that will happen it is if i will eat my shoe if that doesn't happen at some point in this show anyway regarding her parents i think what the more likely possible outcomes is either they were vile agents who were students of shadow sun mm. um they so he he felt responsible because he got them killed somehow. Maybe. And maybe they're, or uh, they wanted to leave. He let them leave. Yeah. In order to something about them leaving, got them killed, but they had a drop off point for the baby. Mm. Or it has to do with the memory thing where they, their memory got wiped because they tried to leave. Maybe. And, because their memory got wiped, they wouldn't remember each other and thus wouldn't remember their and baby. And they wouldn't remember the... Yeah, exactly. Or they were Acme agents that Shadow Sun mm. killed. Well, mm, the problem is they didn't know about Acme at all. Even yeah, a little bit. To be until fair. they well, got no, no, the key card. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. Um, I do yeah. want to also point out a plot inconsistency. Oh. What's up? In the first step, in the well, the the two parter where we learn about Carmen, there's that whole deal with Graham where he tries to kill that guy, and it's like that's the thing. It's like Toto says, "Don't leave any witnesses." And throughout the rest of the show, they leave so many witnesses. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah. And I can't but to be fair, the is the spent the so much time trying to kill Ivy. Uh you know what? That is fair. Lashev has tried to kill Ivy so many times. But also, like... But Ivy that, is unkillable. The The one that comes to mind immediately is that bit in the the, the, the store where fucking Tigress and Carmen had a fist fight where that ha! lady with the lucky cats. Yeah. 
I think like, part of, I mean, part of it is they don't want to. Con- if they try to kill people in front of Carmen, that will give Carmen an opening to stop and. I mean, to fair, but also like it's just it feels a little inconsistent, is all. But that's that's a very minor. Right? That's a very minor thing because I feel like they just wanted to up the stakes for that mission for mm-hmm. Carmen. To give like an actual reason for her to want to leave. Then after that, they were like, "Okay, great, we've set the tone. Now we don't have to lean into the tone with that." Yeah, but the other part of it is, is that they could have done it without that and not have the plot inconsistent. You could have have it where Graham like just really hurt him really bad, and mm. he was in the hospital, and that was sort of like a thing. And it was, you know, he could have mm. died, you know. And that yeah. that would have that would have had the same impact without having the plot inconsistency of them killing. But that's that's it's a very minor nitpick, honestly. Yeah. It might also just be that that well, to be fair, they just knocked everyone out uh, in that same mission. He was the only one who saw them and heard their names. You Most know what, of the that, time, their witnesses that, don't get their names or faces. That's kind of fair, but you know what? It's, it's again, it's very. It doesn't ruin the show, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's a mission by mission. Yeah. Uh, okay, you know what? I've got one for you. What was your favorite bit of trivia that they showed you in the little entertainment ah. segments? Uh, I blocked them all out. I'm sorry. I, I like them. I think they're fine. It's, it's definitely a thing where you just have to get past that section of the episode. Yeah. I liked where they talked about... Um, they had that visual of uh, Carl the Fog getting tr- jailed in Alcatraz. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, I'm also one of those people that like just really likes to learn things. I do too. I just don't like it when children on TV are the ones giving me the information. To be fair, it's a child and an adult woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she is stated to be 20-ish. 20-ish. She, yeah. I I mean more like when it's what's his name uh player just mm-hmm. yeah yep spouting off info and the twins are teenagers I think no I think they're supposed young, to be- they're young I looked adults. on the, I looked on I looked on the wiki and it said late teens to early twenties for them so and they're like a little twenty three for they're like yeah um, I want to say they're a little yeah younger Carmen than, they're younger yeah. than Carmen for sure yeah. and. Zach's old enough to drive. Yes. At least 16. Um, at least. But they don't have to... They apparently live in such a way that they don't worry about their parents or school. So probably adults. Mostly. Yeah. So 18 at least. Probably at least. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But um, what I was... Or if they dropped out 17... But even then... Yeah. I, I, like, they both look like a like a nineteen twenty to me. They could also be runaways. That's true. Maybe, well, uh, we, we know they're thought. thieves. We know they, they were thieves in Boston. I hope we get yeah. more about that, honestly. I want to see um, how they met. I know it comes out. I know it's an episode in season two. Cool, cool, okay. cool, 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 cool. It's called um, the Boston Tea Party Caper. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, my favorite little factoid was about Indonesia and about how some of the islands have Komodo dragons on them, yeah. which I yeah. actually didn't know. Yeah, Indonesia is the country of Komodo dragons. Well, yeah, but the thing is, is that, like, I always assumed it was only the island of Komodo. Ah. Which is why they're called Komodo dragons. I didn't know that there were islands near Indonesia that also had them. <laughs> so that was a fun fact for me. As, a, <coughs> as someone who really likes lizards. 
Also, every time that they did a, a edutainment thing, they would make a reference to it or make a joke about it within the episode itself. Mm, yeah. With the durians and they're like that doesn't sound like a Komodo dragon when Carmen left the truck. <laughs> Yeah. Or uh, when uh, they when Carmen had to leave the auction house, it's like you'll have to contend with Carl. Carl, what do you? Oh, and yeah. also the fact that the whole thing about Indonesia's rice plantations was a very important plot point in that episode. Yeah, but anyway, I also um, liked how that episode was also the one where the chief was like everything from the crashing of stock markets to the contamination of cheese. Literally five minutes later, they're planning to contaminate the rice. Planning to contaminate the rice. Like, now I've got all this freaking, uh, what's it called? Vile brand rice, and I, now I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> or the freaking, the, the, by, I can't believe they had that shit where he was, Devin was brushing his teeth. It's like, oh, it's foamy. And it just had the vile logo on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. Okay, so what did you two think of? Uh, team Carmen, the ones that aren't Carmen. So player oh. Ivy, uh, Zach. I like them. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, Zach is a really funny. <laughs> I love Zach. I think I think of the three of them, players the weakest. Yeah, which is like, weird because she's all. He's also yeah. the one spending the most time with Carmen on. He's, yeah, he's the Wade. But, yeah, the, I I know I know it's just. It's no, not, I agree. I'm just saying it's weird. Yeah. It's also just... I love it when characters have really thick accents. Hat. Mm. Uh, specifically, like, Northeastern accents. Mm. So, you know, like, Harley Quinn or uh, these two were... Mr. J. Mr. Oh, J. Mr. J. Don't you want to? Don't you want to rev your Holly? Vroom, vroom. <laughs> Actual line from Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, from the episode with uh, the Creeper. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry. Um. Uh. What was I gonna say? Yeah. I just. I. I enjoy when characters have thick, like Jersey, Boston, Philly, New York accents. Also, Joey Wheeler, I guess. Hey, the king, the godfather of games, Capiche. Hey, hey, you, what okay. are we doing with the Duel Monsters over I mean, here? To be fair, if they did redub the original series and Joey does an accent, I would riot. I, yeah, no, I, I, would I play Red Eyes Black Dragon. I use my Time Wizard and my, and my Baby Dragon. My Baby Dragon. Kill for the Lightning. Listen, I'm just certain things that have been established as part of our should not be tampered with. No, they shouldn't. No, yeah. Also, also Joe, Rat Trap. Joey, rat trap. yeah, it's Rat Trap. Joey Wheeler is my favorite character. Same. He's Same. very strong, yeah. He doesn't get enough credit. No. I also liked My Valentine a lot. Mm. Yeah, she was fun. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, I think Zach. And Ivy are really good characters. I want player to get something more than just yeah. being the way. Even Wade gets something more than being the Wade. Yeah, yeah, but that happens later. To be fair, and I mean, player at the has 
we have a whole like thing to explore with him. Like, where is he? Why is he? Well, we know he's in Canada, but like, who are his parents? What are his parents doing? When does he go to school? Etc. Etc. I I haven't I I have an issue with something you just said. Mm -hmm. It's not later on that Wade gets something more than just being the quote unquote Wade. He he has you see little glimpses of him having. A life outside of being uh, yeah. the guy at the computer. I mean, to, yeah, but that stuff doesn't really come to true fruition until later when he becomes more of a like a character outside of the, his cave. Like sure. the episode where he has a thing for Monique. The episode where he's against Team Possible. Yep. Sure, but I just mean you get at least glimpses of that in season one with the trick or treating online and the mm-hmm. having other interests the, and the stinky like socks. That. Yeah. Fair enough. But player, we haven't had that yet, but also where would we have had time? Yeah, yeah. this is and also this is this season is only episodes. Yeah. And um, all the episodes are pretty tightly packed with plot. Yeah, yeah. they, they no, no, run no, no, right no. they run right into each other too. Which is I'm, nice. I'm I'm not saying that they they fucked up. By not doing that, I'm just saying I hope they do something. No, that's fair. I liked how Ivy and Zach have such strong, like, you get a pretty easy glimpse of, like, what they're good at, what they're bad at. So, because, like, Zach can't maintain an accent for long, but he can do an accent. They're both good with disguises. Zach's one of the best getaway drivers you could get. Yeah. Yeah. And this Ivy's is... good at a lot of things, picking locks, climbing, whatever, but she's also a huge klutz. Yeah, okay, I was going to say two two things. One, speaking of Wheeler, I know who Zach reminds me of fucking Wheeler from Captain Planet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the it's other thing was, yeah. one of my notes was, I can't believe they just straight up did My Fair Lady in that one episode. <laughs> <laughs> they pretty woman them. <laughs> Did they just straight up did my fair lady? Yeah. Okay. Um, I loved the joke where they were like, "Zach's already half what a monkey suit." Zach, you're already ha- more monkey than man. Then he just scratches his head like a monkey. <laughs> you're not a countess, and you're not my sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just hope he uses his blinker. Honestly, that that might be one of that might be the funniest episode because it's also the bit where Mister Devon walks in like, "Do not be alarmed, but there is a criminal among you." <laughs> <laughs> and he I keeps think... going, and the cleaners are about to take him out. It is says, Carmen San Diego, and everyone in the room instantly react of uh, relaxes. Like, oh, yeah. I see. La Femme Rouge, the Crimson Spectre. <laughs> I, I think get Carmen San Diego. Anyway, I think deep down, every inspector or detective or plainclothes cop dreams of getting to interrupt a dinner party with "There is a criminal among you, and I have to find out." Who. Yeah, or there, or there, they burst burst into an old manor house and they go, "There's been a murder." Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why, but he keeps making me think of Jean Renault. I don't know why. Mm. Yeah, the actor? Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm with okay. you. Okay. I just don't got much to say. Okay. That, that. That, it, he just reminds me of Jean Renault. I also liked 
the opera episode just because Carmen's a neat opera. Yeah. It does include, and uh, this is a warning for the um, audience, it, I, it does use the wrong word for the Roma people when describing yeah. Carmen. Yeah, but that's it does. Just, but that's just, that's also just what the opera uses. I think in yeah, it does. So it's I, not I just, great. It's not good. But like I, that is the thing I will warn any listeners that we might have. The fighting the fight between her and Lashev on top of the theater was good because it was uh, timed with the music. Yeah. And, and like good. every time they hit something, it's in time to the three bits of Lamour. It's yeah. so good. I kinda wish that they had put more and this is not like uh, jab at the animators animators exactly i know mm. why they did it but like lamour if you've seen if you've seen the the opera the scene from the opera which i did while i was watching the episode because like what does this actually look like it's a very strong scene that looks nothing like what how they animated it yeah like, but you know the whole thing is carmen is the opera carmen is like washing her clothes like, we're not, yeah, we're not of, focusing on that though to be yeah. fair yeah, but like she's washing her clothes and like trying to seduce the soldiers while they're like hanging out near all the like Roma Romani la- ladies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that song stuck in my head now. Every time Launch I hear the boomerang. Every time I hear any bit of Carmen, I always just think of that Simpsons scene from uh, Bart the Genius. Oh yeah. Where they I always think yeah. Yeah, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I also, I'm sorry. I also always think of the uh, Hey Arnold episode. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. I, I don't remember think... either of these. I no. always remember that one episode of Courage of the Cowardly Dog. Oh yeah. With the with yeah. the giant red serpent who really liked yeah. Carmen. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. So, do you have any other thoughts or? Um. um... I was I, I mentioned earlier. I think if we get any more Acme agents, might be need to see Cole. Might might be need if Carmen needs a double agent in Acme. If that doesn't end up being Julia, it could be Julia. But I like Julia as someone trying to find Carmen more yeah. than someone working with Carmen. Could be yeah. both. Could be both. I um, um sorry. I do. I, oh yeah. The other thing was I kind of and this. Could go either way. I wouldn't mind seeing more about the chief. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure we might get some. Because like she's she serves a she serves a very important narrative role as just the dispenser of Acme missions and that side of things. But like she said, she's dedicated her whole life to finding Vile, and we haven't learned why or how or -hmm. like what her deal is. Just we've seen her in hologram. And getting to see more of that, maybe as like a season finale later down the, the line, yeah. would be very neat. What I would like from Chief story-wise mm-hmm. is I would like to see her do something cool in the present. Mm-hmm. I would really like it if her past was shrouded in mystery. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get her origin story. I don't want the full origin story, but I do want like... A I hint. want just like a motivation. Pieces. A taste. Yeah. Yeah, or like even if it's not something, even if it's like the specific vile agent that ruined her life comes back, and then she has she goes into the field, and suddenly that's how we introduce her backstory. I'd be happy if it was just something as simple as someone she cared about disappeared mysteriously, 
and the only hint she could find hinted at the existence of Vile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'd be happy with just finding out that. I really... I like... I used to be one of those people... That wanted who, all... Of- I wanted every shred of detail. Mm. I, I, But I found as I've gotten older... I kind of like it when things don't get explained. And maybe this is just because I am so just. I am like I'm balls deep in Star Wars have been Mm. my whole life and they over explain everything in the expanded universe. Yeah, like every badly too. I think there's been a at least a short story about every alien that showed up in the cantina scene. Yep. And I've read most of them. <laughs> and I I don't need that anymore with stuff. I I think I like things some things being left in mystery. I'm fine with her having some but like I wouldn't mind us it going into a little detail like getting the bits and pieces to make it interesting. Just a taste. Yeah. Just and- Bit of a nibble. Yeah. yeah. Give me some crumbs. I like I, I can said, piece sorry, go on. I was saying I can piece together stuff from breadcrumbs. I've I've been a fan of Kingdom Hearts. That's what you yeah. have to do with that franchise. <sighs> yeah. Um I like I said, I think I'd be happy with just motivation. Just her motivation beyond she's the head of an international crime fighting organization. Mm-hmm. But like, if we're explaining people's backstories, she's a prime sus. She's a strong candidate. I don't think everyone's thinking of. Yeah, fair. Because like Julia, we don't. We probably don't even need one. She's just an Interpol agent. She yeah, we we really don't. We don't need one for one. everybody. But if we, boy, if you wanted to go there, I feel like people would think of her before the chief. Yeah, and I feel like the chief has a lot more in hers. Just yeah, definitely fair. fair. But first, we have to do player. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Anyway. Player needs more. The chief needs more. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Paper Star needs more. Yeah, she probably yeah. will get some because she's kind of been one of the only ones who give Carmen a legit challenge. Yeah, and I feel like we might. If we probably need to go into where what Lashev, what what the other three are. I'm sure we'll get four. more about them. Uh, yeah. At least a, a nibble, a taste. Tigress, at least. Like, she feels I, like a character that they will pull her yeah. backstory when they want to make her sympathetic. We yeah. will definitely get Tigress. I don't think Le Chevre and El Topo need it. No, but I do need to see their random apartment in Paris. Yeah. 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 I. Okay. <laughs> I just need them being domestically evil. Yeah, I don't need their backgrounds. I don't need their origins, but I would like to see some fleshing out. I'll give you that. Yes. Anything else we want to say? Um. Uh, yeah, I I had something I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. Um. Just like to sort of sum it up and to finish this all off. So mm-hmm. if you have anything you want to say, Kai. Uh, no, no, I'm 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 good. So go ahead. Okay. It's not my favorite cartoon that we've watched for this mm-hmm. show. It's not even that high on the things I've just happened to watch since we started this show. Mm-hmm. Um, nor is it like 
my favorite one of my favorite things that came out in 2019. Mm. Um, no, came out 2019. Carmen? Yeah. Yeah. No, the last season, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think no. season two was 2019. Nope. Both of them? Yeah. Oh. Everything was 2019. Netflix Wild. season. 2019 Netflix. took 10 years. Netflix yeah. seasons, my guy. Yeah, Netflix seasons. 2019 lasted 10 years, huh? It, it did. Anyway. Yeah. But it's a really good series. Like, it is. Don't get me wrong. It. I, I just think... My main issue with it is that it suffers from and is also benefited by the same things that a lot of like network crime dramas suffer and benefit from. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. stuff like Bones or Castle. Yeah. Um, This is going to sound random. I'm a huge fan of the show Bones. Same. Seen every episode twice. <laughs> it when I like if I am exercise, like if I go on the treadmill and I do my like if I'm working out, I'm doing my cardio warm up or cool down. I will always put on bones. It's just I like having it on in the background. Um, but that shows my biggest complaint about that show is that the best epi- it has like six good episodes a season. Mm. And it's the season premiere and the one right after that because they're plot-driven to the overall plot of the season. Then it's the mid-season finale and the one right back from the mid-season finale because it's continuing that same plot. And then the season finale, the last two episodes of the season because it's finishing that plot. And then you just got a bunch of episodic shit in the middle. And I really feel like Carmen San Diego is following that same pattern, mm-hmm. except it didn't have the middle two. It just had the front two and the back two. I feel like, as a counterpoint, Carmen San Diego is a series where uh, you kind of need some non-plot heavy stuff just to establish these characters as a team. And that's why I said it both suffers and benefits from ah. it. Mm. Yeah, it it's. I don't think it would be as good if it was just constantly pushing the plot forward. I feel like it would get. I would be burnt out on it a lot faster if it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's that's kind of was my problem when I was watching Agents of Shield. Was it set yeah. itself up to be episodic and then it like super wasn't? Yeah, mm. yeah, I. Yeah, I I'm with you 100% there. I kind of dropped out somewhere around the time they introduced Inhumans to the whole thing. Uh, that's about where I stopped too. Yeah, wow, same wavelength for the two of you, huh? I just don't. I don't like the Inhumans. <coughs> they're mutants too. Yeah, basically. Yeah, they're they are mutants too. You're they're space mutants. mutants. They're space they- mutants. Yeah, they're, if they want to do a mutant storyline, but they can't use mutants because they either just use them or they're farther along in the mutant storyline at the moment. <sighs> mutants. Yeah. The X-Men bring a whole lot of issues in the universe that we won't get into right now. Yeah, yeah, but that, that that's getting outside the point. It's a well-written, well-constructed, well-executed season. 
Mm-hmm. I'm very interested in seeing where it goes. And I know, Kai, you don't like doing numbers. Oh, arbitrary number ratings? Yeah, and I'm not calling this arbitrary because it's my genuine feelings based on me thinking it out. That's fine. I mean, it's... I'd give it like a seven. Hmm. Solid rating still. Solid rating yeah. still. Uh, I'm the my I just joke I I joke about arbitrary number ratings, but it's like you know, I do I do use them occasionally because we as a pe- we as humans like to like categorize number things. We like to categorize things and that's fine. It's like it, it but it's they at the end of the day because these number ratings are opinion based, they're yeah. usually arbitrary. And I, I also just like it because it's better than just saying I liked it or I didn't like it. You know, it there's yeah, there I feel you it does give you some sort of like put a number to your feelings, but and it's yeah. you know, there's there's room for it. I'm not saying there is. I feel like the only the only time it's a problem is if you get into like um like like when you have an established like thing where like with video games if something's an eight out of ten, it's mediocre. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's a not it's a eighty out of one hundred and it's oh it's okay, I guess. And That's then kind like, of how our school grading goes here in America. God, honestly. don't even get me started. <laughs> I'm I have so many strong fucking feelings about that. I'm not even yeah. I don't get I do too, believe me. The American school system sucks. End of discussion. Yeah. End of, hey, yeah. any educators who might be any Politicians might be listening. Fix the education system. To any teachers out there who might be listening to this, you're doing great. <laughs> doing great. No problems. Keep yeah. it up. Yeah. Unless I'm, you're I'm, a shitty teacher. Well, yeah, but you know, I'm just. But you in know, general. you'll it's know who general. we're talking about. Just yeah. in general, you know, you know who you are. Being yeah. a teacher's hard. <laughs> it yeah, it's rough. It's rough, buddy. Anyway, uh, so yeah, uh. We've all said what we had to say about Carmen San Diego. Yep. Yep. Cool. Um, well, then we're going to take one last short little break. And when we get back, we're going to close this baby out. Woo. Woo. Look forward to it. See you then. Show it back on! And welcome back for the last time this episode to the Acme Podcasts Incorporated. Oh! And, and before we get into our concluding stuff, you know, our, our plugs and our messages and all that shit, got a quick question for you, KP. I'm all ears. Favorite cartoon, favorite cartoon character, go. Oh my gosh, I didn't expect this to come up ever. Um, <laughs> gee. thought about this. I listened to episode one, and literally, when I heard this question, I paused everything like, oh no, I'm going to have to answer this later. <laughs> it was like a genuine <laughs> existential crisis. Anyway, favorite cartoon, easy, immediate pick is Teen Titans. Okay. But- I don't know why, but my brain goes, of course it's Teen Titans. Who? Why are we kidding ourselves thinking of other options? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's a good choice. The original, the original the Teen Titans TV show 
was just a very strong show with a lot of very strong characters. For character, <clears throat> a lot harder for me. I mean, if I had just picking one out of the ether, I guess Steven Universe. He's a very okay. good, strong character. I'm not sure how how I feel about his current current writing, but like this character is very strong, kind character. I know that basically what's happening in future is everything that's happened to him is finally catching up to him. Yeah. You know, all of his mom's war crimes. Well, that was also that, but like people kept saying Steven should have a lot of trauma because of everything that happened to him. And and Rebecca Sugar's like, I'm still writing fuckers. (laughs) But anyway. Yeah. I love how the plot of Steven Universe is just imagine if you inherited your parents' war crimes. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <clears throat> okay, well that that's that. Uh <laughs> good answers. Interesting interesting choices, honestly. I mean, my, <laughs> I mean mine was Goliath. So <laughs> you He's just one of them, though. I, I couldn't narrow it down one to one. One of the many big monster men you love. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that that That's that's it. That's our episode. Yep. Uh, join us next time. Here's a little preview for what we'll be, uh, what we'll be talking about next time. City. Every person here lost all memory. Laurie, yes? How many times have I told you no music during class? I'm not sorry. Yeah, that, that was something, huh? Your promos <laughs> are always something, Lizard, and I love them. Yeah. I, I, for one, think it was amazing. Thank you. The one you recorded for episode four is my favorite so far. Yeah, it's it's a good one. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. Uh so yeah. Uh this is Acme Podcast Incorporated. You can find us on uh Twitter at uh Podcasts Inc. I think that's the Twitter handle. Yep. Sure is. Uh so weird fucking twitter handle i don't remember making it that but hey that's what it is and you can also if you want to send us an email you can contact us at acme inc at gmail.com what's that again that's acme inc at gmail.com kp you want to tell us what that email address is um acme inc at gmail.com there we go repetition is a uh, Comedy yeah. comes in threes and shit. I don't know, whatever. Also, we're on Tumblr now. Yeah, okay. we got... Oh, oh yeah, you tell us that Tumblr. I did make a Tumblr. That's uh, acmepodcasts at tumblr.com. acmepodcasts.tumblr.com. acmepodcasts.tumblr.com. I made a side blog for it, just in case. There an ask box open there? 
there is. If I haven't opened it yet, I will double check just to make sure. But there will be. Alrighty. By the time this episode goes up, it definitely will be. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, that's the best way you can get in contact with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, should you have any questions or comments or suggestions? I feed off of your validation. I don't, but I would like some suggestions. Uh, but if you wanted to get a hold of us as individuals, uh, KP, where could people find you? Okay, so my uh, Tumblr uh, blog is kypernebula.tumblr.com. That's all one word. And then That's my spelled. Twitter... Spelled. Oh, spelled K-U-I-P-E-R... N-E-B-U-L-A. And then my Twitter, uh, which I don't really use as often, but I just kind of have it, you know, if you, like, need me for anything or, like, want to tell me I was the best part of the episode. It's just at Kuiper Nebula. Same spelling. Capital K, capital N. I don't know if that matters, though. No. All right, Kai, where can people find you? Uh, you can also find me on Tumblr. That's uh, at kaiju-emperor. K-I-J-U-E-M-P-E-R-O-R. Kaiju-emperor. And you can also find me on Twitter at kaiju-emperor. That's uh, kaiju-emperor. Spelled the same. And I'm currently going by the Twitter handle Millennial Mothman. Is that your actual uh, Twitter, like, at, though? My at is kaiju underscore emperor. Okay. And my Twitter, my handle right now is Millennial Mothman. Got it. Okay. Uh, You're fine. And as for myself, you can find me at uh, Twitter. At, uh, uh, it's at J-I-B-B-L-Y, J-I-B-B-L-Y. That's at Ghibli Ghibli. It's a Homestar Runner reference. Uh, Not on Tumblr. I have an Instagram, but I never post there anymore, really. Uh, Oh, uh, I made a Twitch. Uh, I haven't started streaming. Don't know when or if I even will, but uh, that... That's uh, Acme Laser J I'm, on Twitch. I may, or may, I may or may not be appearing on said Twitch channel at some point, possibly. If, if anything even happens there. If anything uh, even happens there. Maybe yeah. it's a Patreon reward, if we ever get a Patreon. But anyway. Yeah, I mostly made it because I wanted to... I, I have Amazon Prime. I wanted to get some Twitch Prime rewards. Why not? Yeah. Um... So yeah, you can find me on Twitter. That that's basically it. That's uh at J I B B L Y J I B B L Y at Ghibli Ghibli. The handle I think is Laser J and then the star David emoji. Nice. Uh so yeah, uh that's our show. Uh everybody have a you know a good day or good evening or good night. Uh you know, be good, do good, drink your water. Don't hold in your your your, your waist. You know, <clears throat> go to the bathroom regularly. It's important. 
get your revenge on your enemies. Yeah. Uh, non-violently. Non-violently. Well, the best revenge is, is uh, success, as they say. Well, yeah, but, you know... If you do need to kill so. your enemies, remember to hide all the evidence. Like, sorry, sorry. Thank you for watching the show. Acme Podcast Incorporated does not condone murder. (laughs) Bye-bye, everybody. (laughs) Goodbye. Yeah. I don't mean to alarm you, but I think there might be somebody else in the recording studio with us. What? Where? Oh. <laughs> we fucked up. We fucked that up. It's fine. We should, we should really practice. We should really script our bits. We, you know, we, I should have, I, you know, I should have forwarded some kind of email. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't do the proper paperwork from my, for my fucking goof. You're super right. I needed no, to go through I... the chan- the proper channels.